Fed can just print more money out of thin air, but the government's always going to be in debt to the Fed. Always. gentlemen welcome back welcome back a monday edition of dangerous world podcast here excited to talk about uh, some something i think that's very disturbing something uh, kind of strange you may have heard of it um you know before i get into last week's edition of the great roundtable show hosted by the great deception uh known as monday night master debaters here um I want to talk about the False Memory Foundation. I know you guys have probably heard of it, but I want to talk about some of the people behind it. Uh, I found some information that I had not realized before, and this kind of stuff, I mean, I, you know, when I say I'm excited to talk about it, I'm, I'm glad to get the information out, but this kind of information hurts my heart, man. Like, it, it really is sad stuff. I'm not some, uh, you know, angel over here. Um, you know, I drink, I curse, I'm not as nice as I should be all the time, things like that, but... Holy shit, there are some horrible people out there. There are some goddamn, like, just rotten people. And it's so sad to see. Um, in this episode, which you should have heard last week, um, haven't been airing all these over on my end lately, because that show's grown really well, right? I mean, like, uh, the Monday Night uh, Master Debaters, a lot of people are hearing that the first week of, right? But when I find something over the weekend or whatever that I can kind of add on uh, just to get you some bonus content, I don't like posting, you know, 30-minute episodes or anything, so I tack these on at the end. You know the deal. Uh, in this episode, we talked with Ryan Alexander from Lotus. Fun dude to talk with. Very knowledgeable about all kinds of things and uh, really enjoy his information. Obviously, Matt's the host. He's there every week, and uh, I joined in. And then the reason I saved this special guy here for last is because uh, this is Nico from the Conspiracist podcast, not the other Nico in the game here. But Nico from Conspiracist runs that Pure Pet Wellness that I've teamed up with. You probably heard them if you listen to Ghost Show, but they do CBD products and other uh, you know pet wellness products. And I am an affiliate with them now. And if you go to their website, you see anything that you want to get, you make a purchase, enter DWP for Dangerous World Podcast, just DWP. And you'll get a discount there. I believe it's 20% off. So check it out. Really good stuff. Made in the U.S., which is very important for that kind of stuff, right? I actually got a couple samples, some topical ointment and uh, some uh, tincture as well. Been giving it to my dogs. It's kind of helping my dog ghost's nose out a little bit. And uh, he's got a dry nose. So, you know, just rubbing it on there and it, it helps him out, it seems. So enjoying that. Really thankful for that partnership. Of course, if you want to support my show... Um, go to patreon.com slash dangerous world podcast, three, five and $10 tiers, $3 gets you all the full versions of every episode. Five gets you some bonus content, video content, stuff like that. And then $10 gets you some video content that, you know, I, I just kind of want to help out, uh, you know, the people that support me so much. 
Um, but mostly that $10 tier is just people that that care to support the show. I make it pretty clear that you don't get a whole lot of extra shit for the $10. Still, people want to do it. Uh, you know, the show is worth different uh, amounts to different people. So I very much appreciate everybody that supports there. And, you know, I like to do my shout outs on Mondays since these are shorter episodes. Um, just a few people signed up over the last 30 days, but I very much appreciate them. Uh, Christopher. You know who you are, dude. This is the uh, host from the Operation Red Pill podcast. Cancel his his one from ORP and then sign back up with this. So I, I very much appreciate that, man. That's a really nice thing to do. Uh, big shout out to you, buddy. $10. It, it really, really goes a long way. It means a ton to me. Uh, Dramps. Never heard. Uh, well, I'm not sure what that is, but I like it. Uh, Dramps with a Z. Thanks, dude. $5 tier there. Jake, $5. Fairness. Uh, I'm sorry. Fenris. Wolf, that, I don't think that's a real name, right? That's got to be like a, uh, and if it is, like, holy shit, I just said your full name and my mistake. But, dude, thank you. I know this guy. He actually makes the beat for um, for Casual KO. He threw that together for us. So, really cool dude and very talented producer. So, I enjoy that a lot. Um, who else do we have here? Sorry, I got to back out of this fucking... Uh back out of this thing here yeah so uh fenris dustin thank you dude jason and anthony you guys are all awesome thanks so much for your support and um patreon is uh is cooking all the time i enjoy doing the content over there just posted a video for that ten dollar tier people um the video that we did with uh adam from deborah gets red pill ghost was on there and then we talked with Corey hughes Done two episodes with him now. That last one's like almost three hours long. We talk about JFK, the Holocaust, incredible information. Um, there's a video there on that $10 tier. And then the $5 tier, you get the audio. So uh, the reason that the $10 uh, tier gets the the video is just because there's some uh, visual content for that one. Uh, Corey was kind enough to share with us his notes that he's been putting together for years and it's just wild shit, just incredible stuff. So either way, um, you know, I got to plug that every episode. And then um, DangerousWorldPodcast.com for all the shirts and stuff. Came out with a new design. It's a men's t-shirt saying broken several women's sports records. Okay, you can wear that just to show how badass you are. Um, just kind of showing, you know, the dudes, you know, I mean, we, we're kind of better at everything, right? It's it, it's. I, I know we we can't really have babies or anything, but we, we put them in the women, right? I, I don't. I haven't. I'm told that that's how it works, though. Um, so just, you know, just kind of a, a dig at that woke bullshit. Obviously, the real fans of the show know I love my ladies out there. Um, it's a joke. OK, so get over it. But yeah, fun stuff here to, to talk about um, up top and then we'll get into some dark stuff. I watched over the weekend, you know, I always watch, a, I try to make it a point to watch a couple movies like throughout the week, right? Like usually stuff and look at it from a different perspective. Uh, watch They Live once again. I've seen that many times and I want to, uh, I want to, I really want to watch that and like take notes because you see something different every time. And actually Kim brought something up when we were watching it that, you know, there's this scene where George Nada, as he goes by, Rowdy Piper's character, um, he goes to a train station, just starts blasting people because he sees with those glasses that these people have some sort of, uh, they're like aliens or some shit, right? I mean, it's a weird, weird thing that they are, but 
you kind of wonder, and actually a friend of the show, lovely lady, Leslie, uh, sweet lady, friend of the show, all the things, brought this topic up where, you know, we were just kind of DMing, and she said, you know, is there some kind of fucking like MK Ultra going on with these trans shooters? Because we're seeing an uprise there. Illegal immigration shooters as well. I mean, they'll tell you that these uh, three shootings in Texas, what was it, last week or whatever it was, uh, that they're white supremacists. These are the darkest white supremacists I've ever seen in my fucking life. These are Mexicans, like, or maybe some other kind of Latin American. I don't want to judge here or anything. You guys know I'm partially Mexican. I got no problem with it, okay? But these seem to be illegal-looking Mexicans, like... And, and Tim Kennedy on Instagram actually posted about that. It's like, you know, these aren't white supremacists. I would check the immigration status of these three individuals here, right? He is a very smart dude. He doesn't really ever talk out of his ass that I know of. I don't agree with everything he says, but I don't agree with any, everything anyone says. Um, interesting stuff. Pretty scary to think about because we are uh, really allowing the third world to take over the United States. Um, not to derail too much, I saw a side-by-side post of, a, of an American subway in New York and one in uh, Tokyo, Japan. The one in Japan is pristine. They don't allow illegal immigrants to just flood their, their borders there, right? We do. I'm not saying that they're the problem with everything, but it sure seems to add to this shit, right? Um, but anyway, to get back to the they live thing there, is there some sort of like a chip that these people are are getting put in their head or are they getting programmed in some way mk ultra fashion um and then they go out and they see people as demons or monsters and they and they target certain groups because you would be justified in your own crazy head if you are shooting some soft target up and you think that these are demons that are coming out of this place right i'm not saying it's actually justified but you would be justified in your head as a psychotic person doing something like that a lot of these people, they've been writing manifestos and stuff because they want to be like the Unabomber. Never going to happen, okay? Not saying the Unabomber's a good guy, but he was right about a lot of shit. His methods are flawed, but you get the point here. It's a it's an interesting thought that Leslie brought up. And then Kim brings this up like, I wonder if that's what's going on with all the uptick in shootings right now. And it just clicked in my head. It's like, there's got to be something. And believe it or not, it ties in with the False Memory Foundation information that I'm going to share here with you today. But, um, I mean, just incredible stuff. Very, very interesting when you watch these kinds of, like, heavily conspiratorial movies with that lens, right? And you're just open and you're studying and all this stuff. Now, the second movie I watched, and we watched this uh, just before They Live last night, The Pope's Exorcist, okay? Really, really cool movie, honestly, but I got to tell you something here. They're not even trying to hide it that Loyola Productions produced this movie. You Google Loyola Productions after Ignatius Loyola, right? Ignatius of Loyola, rather. The founding Jesuit, right? This is a Jesuit movie, a Jesuit production. Google Loyola Productions, L-O-Y-O-L-A, I believe. Uh, Productions, based out of L.A., full-on Jesuit productions. And Jesuits have, since their inception, uh, had their fingers in art and culture and try to influence in that manner. And the message of the movie is basically that evil has infiltrated the church. That's been a Jesuit message for a long time, right? You know my stance on Catholicism, if you've been listening to the show for a while. I think it's the closest thing to Satanism or Luciferianism that you can get. It's interesting, though. And Loyola Productions took it upon themselves to cast the Pope 
by a character uh, or by an actor rather named Franco Nero. Nero, like the Caesar that killed all the Christians, right? Fucking weird. Out of all the people, this isn't a famous actor. He doesn't even really look like a pope. Maybe he kind of looks like the pope back then in the 80s, but out of all the people that you could have chosen, Jesuits, you chose someone with the last name Nero to play the most holy character in your religion? That's weird. It's very strange. So uh, I, 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 if I said Nero right there, I meant Nero. I always confuse that because I try and say it with like the Spanish pronunciation, but I think it is in fact Nero. Um, not the biggest... Uh, you know, religious scholar here, but I just find that stuff incredibly interesting. Like, I don't know. It, it, it was a really interesting message, but I think that there is some propaganda in that. Uh, it did 66.2 in the box office. Would have been real cool for the message if it was 66.6, .6, right? But uh didn't work out. Just a strange, strange thing there. It leaves you feeling uh not so good after you watch it, that there's essentially, there's 200 locations where demons have been cast down to earth, right? The one in this movie is Osmodius, spoiler alert. But uh, just interesting. And, and you know, I, I'm, I'm fascinated with the whole demonology stuff and because uh, I believe in them. I, that's what actually has pushed me towards Christianity is these dark forces are out there. So I have to believe in good forces if I think that evil forces are there. We see evil all the time. And when you're watching it and, and as I get into this false memory syndrome foundation shit here, when, when people say that these awful things that happen are God's will, it's not God's will. When this shit goes on, when this dark stuff happens, it's not God's will. God is letting things play out here, right? The devil wants to kind of get involved and try to get as many souls as he can give you anything that you want, but it comes for a price. It comes, it comes for you. Like you, you trade what you need, what you want for, your eternal soul, according to the story, right? So I, I think it's really chicken shit when people say that like pedophilia is God's will or uh, possession or whatever, if you believe in that stuff. It's not. It doesn't seem like it, it could possibly be. Um, I, I do know that it's kind of uh, an idea that you need bad in order to have good. Otherwise, what is good? You know, it's just kind of neutral, uh, there's no no heaven without hell, all that shit, right? I mean, like, there's the whole, like, good and bad. Um, I don't know. I, I don't want to rant too long on that, but I just found the propaganda in that movie to be very, very subtle because, you know, you think that it would be a great message for Christians to watch this movie. It didn't seem like it to me. It seemed very, uh, very dark. And again, can't can't get around that Nero reference. That's wild to me, absolutely wild. So um, let's talk about this this dark stuff. It is really... Like I said, this hurts my heart. I'm usually not a sensitive person or anything, but this is tragic shit that I'm about to talk about. So if you if you get a little, you know, if this is going to ruin your day, just skip ahead about 15, 20 minutes. I'm going to try and move through it fairly quick, but it is dark stuff. Uh, so let's get into it here. Have you've heard of the False Memory Syndrome Foundation, it's, uh, it's quite the foundation. It is no longer in existence today. Uh... I believe it was dissolved in, when was it? Was it 92 or is that when it was in, I think that was the inception. Um, let's see, on their website it actually says, after 27 years the FMS Foundation dissolved on December 31st, 2019. So very recently this all kind of fell apart here. Um, essentially a big propaganda machine in order to sort of make all the, the satanic ritual abuse 
victims. And I'm not even going to use the word alleged here because I think that that word is used too much in this kind of shit. If, if a child is saying that they were raped, I would believe the kid, right? Believe the kid at all costs and then try to investigate, right? Um, this is not like believe all women because women have a very clear motive to lie often, just like men do, okay? Women, I'm not singling you out here. Um, I would believe kids, though. I, I think that you can err on the side of believing a child if they say something bad happened to them. And that is kind of what this foundation went against. Um, it was part of the whole satanic ritual abuse deal, the satanic panic, all that shit. And I don't necessarily want to talk about the foundation too much, um, just because it is gone. It, it, it played a very, very key role in making a lot of these kids look crazy and making a lot of the, you know, uh, perpetrators and the the people that were committing these heinous acts just awful things made them look innocent made them look like they're dealing with crazy kids all these kids are lying every single one of them and the media has quoted these people a lot all kinds of different organizations um stand behind the work of this very corrupt organization very very damning stuff that i'm about to share with you here but mostly the board members people that were high up in the company um exceptionally exceptionally successful in what they did like i said you know just basically making it seem that uh false memory is a thing and i i tend to not really think it is i think you know when you when you're traumatized maybe you can remember something wrong if you're under the influence of alcohol or you're head over heels in love or something like that they say that these would be the things that could interfere with your memory now i i, I agree to an extent I've been drunk before, like, believe it or not, right? I rarely black out. Now, I understand some people can. I think a lot of people use it as an excuse to act like total assholes, and then they don't want to own up to what they did, right? Like, some chick gets drunk, fucks a dude, even though she's got a husband or a boyfriend, and then she says, oh, my God, I don't remember doing that, right? No, you do. You remember it damn well, and you liked it, and you wanted to do it but you didn't have the guts to do it until you got drunk. That's what it is. Now, people do a lot worse things than that, even though infidelity is no good. There are much, much worse things out there, right? Um, but the idea that false memories are, are just so prevalent, I think, is very dangerous. Yes, kids have imaginations and things like that, but um, if, a, if a kid is able to describe, let's say, Michael Aquino's inside uh, of his house to a T, and then Michael Aquino says, well, the kid hasn't been in there, the kid has no reason to lie about that. Michael Aquino has every reason in the world to lie about that, right? That's one very, very small example, actually a, quite a large example, but let's talk about some of these fucks because this is awful stuff. Again, not for sensitive ears here. This is this is hard to even say, uh, and I am going to censor some of it because there are N-words and things like that, which, you know, I don't, I don't like saying. Some people do, but I don't. Um, so this Peter J. Freyd, F. R-E-Y-D is the guy's name that started this. He started it after being accused of sexual abuse by his daughter, Jennifer, okay? Jennifer Freed, this is probably one of the people that you had heard about if you've looked into the False Memory Syndrome Foundation, but imagine that. Imagine a doctor or some shit, whatever this fraud is saying he is, and his name is close to fraud, right, Freed? Um, this guy is saying, you know, he, I'm going to start a False Memory Syndrome Foundation because my daughter's saying I raped her. We need, to, we need to really kind of get the idea out there that these are false memories. I didn't do that. I would never do that, right? Look at the people that he staffs on this on this whole thing. Look at the people that make up his staff, I should say. Um, 
Now, Jennifer, you know, she was, everyone said she was crazy because Freed got a lot of propaganda behind him, got a lot of money, got a lot of high, highly connected people to make his shit look credible. But Jennifer graduated, uh, what was it, magna cum laude or summa, yeah, magna cum laude from, uh, I think it was UPenn or Pennsylvania. I don't know exactly where, but somewhere in Pennsylvania where a lot of this weird shit goes down, right? Um, you got the Bidens coming out of this shithole, too. No offense to Ghost. I know he's from Pennsylvania, but holy shit, what a shithole that place has turned into. Um, and she's also a professor of psychology, or she was at least. I don't know if she's still working there, but uh, over at the University of Oregon. So th- she's not some crazy bitch, you know? She She's articulating these things very coherently, and she's saying that, you know, my dad did these things to me. And then he just says, no, she has brain damage. We have, you know, this thing called false memory syndrome, which I essentially made up that that she suffers from. And it's tragic, but, you know, she's crazy. Just, you know, don't don't listen to her too much. Now, Peter Freight actually said that he got a lot of help. And the, the wheels of the FMSF, uh, that false memory syndrome foundation, the wheels got turned and picked up some serious traction with the help of Harold Leaf. And Martin Orne, I think it's either Orne or Orne, haven't heard these names pronounced, but O-R-N-E. And, um, you know, he put these guys on the advisory board, giving this this new syndrome an aura of, you know, scientific acceptance, if you want to say that, right? Where, where yes, the false memory syndrome is, is a legit thing because these guys are saying it's real. Now, who are these people? Harold Leaf and Martin Orne? Well, Dr. Harold Leaf was involved with brain electrode experiments at Tulane University, which was a massive MKUltra institution, okay? This guy's experimented with brain implants, okay? Um, and, and electrode experiments, obviously. Now, Orn, Martin T. Orn, has been given, uh, he's been heavily involved with MKUltra experiments since the early 60s, where he undertook hypnosis studies at Harvard Medical School with a $30,000 grant from the CIA. So you've got two MK Ultra specialists here that are endorsing false memory syndrome. Okay? Now, it may make sense. To me, it sure as fuck doesn't. To me, it's a little suspicious. Now, the CIA documents have actually confirmed that Orn had a top-secret clearance in MK Ultra, and he published a lot of papers relevant to the creation of a Manchurian candidate as well. So this is right up these people's alley here. Um, one of the articles that he wrote, and I was trying to look at some of these, but mostly you can only find the abstracts, and the abstracts are not very um, telling. It seems like they're kind of misleading a lot of people, kind of how Snopes says, like, the information is false up top, but then if you read on, it's like, well, kind of sounds like it could be true. One of the articles he wrote, can a hypnotized subject be compelled to carry out otherwise unacceptable behavior? He also wrote, the significance of unwitting cues for experimental outcomes, um, and then restricted use of success cues in retrieval uh, during post-hypnotic amnesia. Now, if you think those guys are bad, just wait, because we got more, okay? Um, you got this other guy, David Dingus. <laughs> I think it's Dingus. D-I-N-G-E-S. Dings? I mean, Dingus sounds great, but um, Dings, maybe. He was a co-worker with this uh, Orin fella that we were talking about. And he's been involved in research for naval intelligence. And they also oversaw like the, the precursor uh, mind control experiments to MKUltra. So whatever was before MKUltra, Martin T. Orn was kind of working on as well. Bad, bad trio right there. When you add in that that fourth uh, 
founder who was alleged uh, to, or not alleged, I'll say he did, um, because his daughter, his daughter's saying it, right? I mean, again, why, why discredit her? Why credit him when this institution has now fizzled out? Um, the guy that raped his daughter. I mean, it, it, it's stacking up to not be a good thing. And this had CIA endorsement. This had CIA connections. This had connections to the government of the United States. Scary stuff. But Ralph Underwager um, was uh, publicly pro-pedophilia and uh, very loud about it, too. I've got a quote here that I found. I actually found this on Reddit. Um, say what you want to about Reddit, man. I, th I think it's an incredible source for at least finding information. You have to always check all this stuff. But you might have heard the last line of this quote, but this is a full quote. Um, this is where this piece of shit says that pedophilia is part of God's will. Um, and I heard this on like Tim Dillon's podcast. They talked with somebody that was an expert on uh, the False Memory Foundation. I've heard this in countless documentaries about this Ralph Ungerwager um, or Underwager. I don't know what the fuck. Who cares? It's, you can tell how to spell it if you want to look him up. But here's his quote. Uh, what I've been stuck by, I'm sorry, what I've been struck by as I have come to know more about and understand people who choose pedophilia is that they let themselves be too much defined by other people. Uh, this is the, the one of the things that's rough for me to read here. Uh, just don't want this to be twisted around like I'm fucking saying this here. Um, that is usually an essentially negative definition. Pedophiles spend a lot of time and energy defending their choice. Ugh. I, I don't think that a pedophile needs to do that. Pedophiles can, be, can boldly and courageously affirm what they choose. They can say that what they want is to find the best way to love. I'm all. I am also a theologian, um, and a, as a theologian, I believe it is God's will that there will be closeness and intimacy, that there should be um, closeness and intimacy, unity of the flesh between people. Uh, sorry, it, this is rough to read, and it. I mean, the words don't fit together properly, so that's why I'm just kind of fucking this up. But uh, he continues on saying, a pedophile can say, "quote." This closeness is possible for me within the choices that I've made. Pedophiles are too defensive. They go around saying, you people out there are saying that what I choose is bad. And that's no good. Um, you're putting me in prison. You're doing all these terrible things to me. I have to define my love as being in some way or... Uh, wait, okay. I have to define my love as being in some way or other illicit. Um, what I think is that pedophiles can make the assertion that the pursuit of intimacy and love is what they choose. Oh, with boldness, they can say, I believe this is, in fact, part of God's will. I mean, just despicable shit. There's no word for what that is right there. Um, wild, just awful, awful stuff. Um... I don't know if, if that's worse than this last group here, this this last uh, couple, this Paul and Shirley Eberly, um, and I, I'm probably butchering all these people's last names, Eberly, E-B-E-R-L-E. -E. You can look these folks up, and, and their work is truly sickening, it's gross, uh, more on the culture front, but these people were were kind of made famous for putting the idea out there that the satanic panic was blown out of proportion. And I've heard podcasters say that, and I don't think that they're doing it in a, in a malicious intent, 
I think it was not blown up enough. This is a very real thing. The satanic panic was real, and they, they use that word satanic panic. It rhymes. It's kitschy. It's good for marketing, right? You can say, I mean, the, the conspiracy theorists will love that term, satanic panic, and the people that are so pro-establishment that they, I mean, you know, it, it's it's sad how these people think that they're anti-establishment, but they're so pro-establishment they don't even know which way's up unless the government tells them. You know, the satanic panic is just like this fraudulent thing. It's fake, right? There's zero, Satan's not even real. Why are we going to panic about it, right? The satanic movement's not real. Satanic ritual abuse isn't real. All this shit. That's why they use that term, satanic panic. But they were kind of made famous for for uh, saying that this was totally fake and it's just bullshit. It's a, a social contagion, right? They have some books out there and, you know, more more things than just books. But they have some books out there. One's titled The Politics of Child Abuse. Awful title. Um, and then The Abuse of Innocence, which they basically promote the theory of the overblown satanic panic and that there is political child abuse, I guess, right? Or there's there's like child abuse has been made political. It should not be, right? Politics is in everything I think we can leave the children out of that. And it's just, it's awful. This was back in the 70s, 80s. Um, in the 70s here, the Herbal, the Eberleys um, made this this uh, magazine. They had a hardcore magazine, and then they had one called Finger. Uh, I mean, funny title if it wasn't, you know, if it was in a comedy movie or something. But this is wild shit that they were putting in this magazine out in L.A. City of Angels out there, right? Just a Just a great place. Um, Finger depicted scenes of bondage, S&M, and sexual activities involving urination and defecation. Gross stuff, but if it's adults, hey, do what you want. Um, there's a young girl that's portrayed with a wide smile on her face sitting on top of a man whose penis is inside of her. Uh, I told you this was going to get dark, and, and it is. Um, a, a woman has oral sex with a young boy in a drawing entitled Memories of My Boyhood in this magazine. Awful. Um... Now, continue. It gets worse, too. So, like I said, if you don't like this, just skip ahead. Um, the Eberleys were were featured nude on one cover of their, their Finger magazine, holding two life-size blow-up dolls named Love Girl and Play Guy. No dates appear on the issue. Uh, they kind of tried to, I think, keep themselves as low-key as possible while still promoting their shit. And they referred to themselves as the L.A. Star family. This is this magazine um, the L.A. Star that they had also started as well. Finger was like kind of their more hardcore shit. And then the L.A. Star was uh, was was pretty fucked up. Now, the L.A. Star family was followed by years by L.A.'s vice department. And they somehow could never pop them for child pornography. So, seems like the cops ran on it. Seems like they're getting some kind of help from higher ups. It's It's sad. Now, going back to Finger Magazine here... There is, here's some of the, the articles that were, and, and this is uh, this is basically the end of what I'm going to say here about these guys. Um, and this is just really gross stuff. It, it's, it's, like I said, this stuff hurts my heart. But the reason that I'm, I'm sharing all this is because I want to try and figure out how this is going on today. I think it goes on with Netflix, with that movie Cuties, right? Um, it goes on all over the place and you're seeing it in schools and you're seeing it in places because no one really buys magazines like this anymore. People view their information on the internet. There's no magazines. I, I mean, magazines when I was even a, just when I was a kid, you know, 20 years ago, 15 years ago, 
I used to love motorcycle magazines. I used to love all kinds of magazines. And I, I have interest today. You know, I have interest in UFC betting and uh, things like that. I have, I have several interests, gardening and, and growing shit. I haven't bought a magazine in like a decade. So I, I don't think I'm the only one. But magazines used to be a great way to target this and to, and to kind of infiltrate and change culture. Now I think it's streaming services. Now I think it's shows, right? You're starting to see all this all these characters that have been traditionally non-sexualized and now they are gay, like Buzz Lightyear or whatever. I mean, just a, there's so much of this in in different cultural forms, pop cultural forms maybe. But yeah, let's let's get through these article names uh, and then just move on. Um, but I want I do want you guys to to think like where is this going on today? Because they didn't just stop this stuff just because the False Memory Syndrome Foundation fizzled out. This work is still going on. Like we look back in the '60s and during the MK Ultra era and all this stuff, '80s even, '90s when this Satanic Panic shit was going on, and all these things are no more. But they're still doing this somehow. You know, we're going to look 30, 40 years from now, if we're still around, we're going to look back and, and at this time that we're in right now, and it's going to be like confirmed that there was shit like this going on. So I think it's important to figure it out now while we're living in it, while we can change it and, and hopefully help some of these people, man. Like it's it's not the not the pedophiles. They're broken. These pedophiles are broken. I'm talking about the children and things like that. Um, and then just, you know, weak people that are targeted. But anyway, um, sex spot at five is is a, a one of the articles not too bad um this is another title of finger magazine my first rape she was only 13 this is a title of an article in a magazine from people that worked with the false memory syndrome foundation um what happens when n-words adopt white children okay bad uh are some of the articles that that appeared there on uh, on there? There you also see in one letter, I guess. Uh, I don't know if they did newsletters or what, but oh oh, so they got a letter sent to them. Excuse me, they got a letter shot over to them after you know posting some of these articles, not criticizing, but one one letter says, I think it's really great that your mags have the courage to print articles and pictures on child sex. Too bad I didn't hear from more women who are into child sex. Since I'm single, I'm not getting into it with my children. I'm not getting it on with my children, rather. But I know of a few families that are. If I were married and my wife and kids approved, I'd be having sex with my daughters. That was a letter that was sent to these people. So there's people that are reading this shit. And there's people that enjoy it. A lot of people. That's just one. You got another one that says, I'm a pedophile. I think it's great that a man is having sex with his daughter, exclamation point. Since I didn't get finger issue number three, I didn't get to see the stories and pics of family sex. Apparently there's family sex video uh, pictures in this finger magazine. Would, uh, would like to see pics of nude girls making it with their daddy, uh, but realize it's too risky to print. So apparently they didn't cross that line, but they crossed a lot of lines and it's disturbing I mean, this this was supposedly an era when the country was great, right? When when you know the the American dream was alive, but this stuff's going on. What's going on today? Now that our country's gone to literal shit, right? I guess I should say figurative, but it's 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 awful. This is sick stuff. 
like I said, I wanted to give a fair warning there. But yeah, that Finger Magazine, I want to look more into it. There was a child's book that they put out there. I'll actually share really quick because I'm really disgusted by these people here, these uh, Eberleys. They had a children's book. Um, it was it was in 1972 they published it. It was called The Adventures of Mrs. Pussycat, and it was a children's book. Um, I tried to find it. It is on archive.com, but I it's of, of course it's only got a a, um, a partial preview. And uh, some Anthony DeRosa did the illustrations. Apparently, it's pretty graphic, especially for a children's book. And in the description, it says like there's songs that you can sing at home or at school. Uh, there's stories, all this shit. It's it's dark, dark stuff. It's like this was the era of programming, the 60s and 70s here. Um, and we're reaping the benefits today with the generations that come after these 70s kids, right? Um, they had the LA Star. It was an underground paper. Uh, I mentioned that. It was in news racks all throughout Los Angeles and other cities and states. Um, that uh, Finger Magazine, I think, was very, very low-key. I don't think that they just put that out. Uh, I'm not sure how people even found it. Um, but uh, L.A. Star, again, underground paper. They published Politics of Child Abuse, I mentioned that. Uh, the Abuse of Innocence. And then uh, they did a well, something on Road Rage. It was called Terror on the Highway. That's not really relevant here. But, I mean, imagine. Imagine being like this. Like, what the fuck? How, what makes someone think that these things are okay it's just so strange um and sad really truly sad so um if you have kids man protect those freaking kids protect protect them with everything that you can sad stuff dark stuff um again this is going on today it's not as in our face believe it or not Uh, or maybe it is more in our face but there's not like, I don't know. I don't even really know how to quantify how it's different. It's just it, it's just different, right? There's no magazines. It's more it's more streaming. It's more more viewable content. Um, and then the people that grew up watching this shit or, or being around this shit are the ones that are now putting out the new content for people to consume. So, again, dark stuff. Sorry to start off a Monday like this, but holy shit. I mean, it's just, you know, I think that this is important to talk about, and I came across the information, so I wanted to share it. So, uh, you know... We're going to do the news show later. We're going to record it, put it out for you tomorrow. Enjoy the uh, current week of Monday Night Master Debaters on The Great Deception. And um, let's try to let's try to get more uh, of this information out of not so much the past necessarily, but like what's going on today, right? Um, I hadn't heard of every one of those people. I heard of the uh, Fraid and, and that family story. But I hadn't heard of this stuff, and so I wanted to share it. I know it's not like enjoyable content, but I think it is important. So um, with that said, let's roll into this episode. Fun conversation. It'll definitely change the mood that you might be in after hearing this dark stuff. And uh, again, apologies for that. But um, I don't think that there's anything more important than kids and children, and not for the reasons that these fucking disgusting people think. These these kids need to be protected at all costs. So um, yeah, with that said, let's roll into it. Enjoy this one. Have a good rest of the week, and uh, you'll be hearing from me throughout the week as well. Enjoy. And welcome to the Monday Night Master Debaters, my favorite night of the week. And man, we got a good one tonight. Back again for the third time in a row, Mr. Ryan Alexander from the Notice and Friends podcast. What's up, man? 
Thank you for having me again. Yeah, I just this is a good way to spend Monday night, actually. Dude, I'm telling you, this is this is like I, I can't I have nothing else. This is the only night I set aside, and it's just for this because man, there's nothing else going on. You know, there's never anything good on television or you know, the internet on Monday nights. So this is the place to be. So thank you, my friends. You're welcome. And honestly, I'm a workaholic anyway. So if it wasn't this, I'd still be working. <laughs> I need a break. It, well, that's it. Either I talk to you guys or I'm reading a book or doing research anyway. So I'm with you. I, I you know, there's, there's no such thing as free time these days. Rye, what's going on, buddy? Rye 2.0 over here, dude. I mean, we, it's always so confusing when we got two Ryans, you know, but uh, like I said, I can go by Dean this episode. I can go by whatever we want to call me. Uh, you know, it, it's I'm just another ryan that's grateful for nice uh monday night chats here you know so yeah dude this is gonna be a cool one next week you'll be good though it's ladies night next week so it'll just oh. be the five of us ladies okay well you know yeah i i am androgynous so i can uh i can be just a <laughs> chick that night i'll be rayanne you know what oh I mean? shit but man. yeah dude no I, i'm excited about this man like, just another uh another fun one dude like i always plug these every time i do like a sunday or a Monday episode. I always am talking about like we're doing Monday night masturbators tonight over a great deception. These are these are really the funnest things. And I think more people need to do these, these group chat things, right? And like just, you know, you do such a good job with this, man. So thanks for uh, always including me here. Dude, and people are loving it, man. It's great because I the keep best. getting I keep getting recommendations from people like, hey, can you guys do this? Can you guys talk about that? And I'm like, well, we don't really take recommendations, it kind of goes where it goes. Right. But, you know, there's a couple topics that, you know, I've gotten from people and, and it's awesome. You know, it gives us an idea, something to run with. And and like you said, I love hearing other people's opinions. And people are like, well, mm -hmm. why do you do that show? I'm like, because that's it's conversation. And one of the things that we lack today is being able to have conversation. You know, like last week we had we had disagreements at the end. Everybody shook hands and we went our own ways. And that's right. the way it should be. Enough of this petty bullshit where you know just because you disagree with someone you can't be friends with them that's where i have the biggest problem is this whole and that fits fills right into their agenda of divide and conquer right oh yeah yeah i'm 100 percent convinced that uh you know all these people that 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 insist on arguments and fighting and whether they know that they're playing into the system or not they're playing into it you know what i mean it, it it's it's such a problem, dude. So yeah, man, this is this is what it's about. It's just getting with other people, whether they're like-minded or not, and just having conversations, man. It's a great thing. And and the other problem I have is Instagram. And we talked about it briefly before this because there are so many retards on Instagram. Yeah, and there's it's a couple. like it's like it's gotten to the point of of pure insanity where you go through the comments and and I I don't like take it to heart. But there's there's people where you want to respond, right? Or let your people that follow your posts respond to these people and kind of check them. But then they don't allow comments back. And it's like, oh, that's just such the 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 bull. And that's part of the problem, right? Because now you're not letting anyone counter your point. You're just throwing your trash out there and then leaving it for everyone else to just sit on it. Right. And it's like, you know, at some point, we got to get back to discussion, banter, back and forth, being able to disagree 
and then at the end say, okay, I agree to disagree. And that's fine. I don't care. I'm not trying, you know, and that's what I say with my posts. I'm not trying to change people's opinion. I'm not trying to change your mind. What I'm trying to do is get you to think and maybe think about something that's outside of your little bubble. And some people that shatters their world and it's comical because they can't deal with it. And what do they do? They, they resort to yelling, name calling, or they run away. It's the easiest things to do fight or flight, but it's a digital thing. So you're not doing either. You're just like either, you know, you're not fighting, you're not running away. You're just, I mean, you can argue or you can just sit there. So yeah, Yeah. it's weird. Strange. Bizarre. Okay. (laughs) So one of the things I wanted to cover, and this is kind of one of those things where, uh, it's been a, again, I'm, I'm getting all these, like, I, I hate the word synchronicities, but like, I'm thinking about something or I'm talking about something with someone. And then all of a sudden I hear other people talking about it. I see it on, uh, on other people's pages and stuff. So let me share this real quick. So this is a thing. It says, Hey, remember the, vill- uh, it says, okay, do you uh, ever wonder what's outside your visual spectrum? Night vision trials in Vietnam, first gen red spectrum goggles, helicopter gunners go wild and start firing into nothing. It turns out the goggles are allowing them to see the literal flying demons coming out of the treetops. U.S. Army shits bricks, cancels program, and changes all future night vision to green spectrum. I don't know mm. if you guys have heard about this. When they originally started with night vision, they started with, well, it's not even, it's not even, uh, here, let me, let me share this and I'll give you guys a little backdrop to it. So. Well, it's uh, white phosphorus now, right? That is the main thing for night, night vision. Right. And it is green spectrum, like you said. Yeah. So originally it started out as, let me move this shit down. Okay. So originally it started out as this guy, okay? And we'll listen to this. A scientist named Walter Kilner developed a technique that allowed people to see into the astro realm. He applied a blue dye called dicyanin onto a glass screen and discovered that the dye blocked out most of the white light, enabling humans to see the aura of one another. Although the chemical was later banned, the military repurposed it to create the first pair of night vision goggles. When the technology was distributed to helicopter pilots during the Vietnam War, the pilots began shooting at each other, claiming to be firing at demons that came to get them. Those who survived were never be the same, describing it as if they were watching hell. Their officers were initially skeptical, but after repeated occurrences of similar events every time the goggles were used, a decision was made to cease their use. Dude, let me be the cynical guy here real quick and yep. just say there was a lot of psychedelics that were being experimented with. Okay, <laughs> exactly, exactly, right? And that's one of the things, though. That's one of the things. And and I'm going to play you another video here in a minute where they say exactly that, that, you know, there were a lot of guys that were on heroin over there, too, right? Which would make you kind of see shit that might you might not really be there. But this guy's dad was one of the people that was flying the helicopters okay so before we get there hey what's up man hey what's up how you doing (laughs) great i'm loving this topic already i'm glad i made it yes 
And we welcome into the podcast, the Conspiracists podcast, which is combination of chronic and conspiracies, two of my favorite things. Exactly. So welcome <laughs> aboard. And you jumped right into the heat of this. Yeah, it looks like an awesome topic. I'm super excited. Um, I was about to tag on. I'm glad you uh, stopped for a second. Uh, maybe Bluebeam kind of early Bluebeam kind of stuff going on potentially even because you know how they're always front running CIA technologies like 20 years ahead of us or whatever. So that kind of been some beta it, testing. It could be. But after this video, I'll explain something too that'll kind of clear it up a little too. Okay. So now this is the video I wanted to show you. And and it mind you, it's like four minutes long, so bear with me. Uh, uh what the fuck? It's not playing. the night vision goggle was done in the red spectrum and so when my father came back from vietnam you mean infrared or no 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 no. i'll explain ordinary red oh ordinary red okay mm. so instead of seeing when you look at a night vision goggles now you see green everything is right. translated uh, into green for you mm. and human eye sees green more colors shades of green than any other color it's right. part of our evolution our need to find food so that's clever then correct but see here's the thing it started off as red and so the night vision goggles were introduced to helicopter uh, pilots and uh, gunnery people in Vietnam. And I, I won't hesitate as to the, I mean, I won't um, guess as to which year it was that they introduced them. But my father was part of this initial experiment mm -hmm. with the troops that he commanded. And it was a disaster because the image was presented in red pixels, not green. And because of the te technology being used at that time, it created very interesting effects that they could not deal with. So you had uh, some officers that were part of this um, cadre uh, or this cohort of other officers that were all uh, testing these new technologies for the military that had their troops always use these goggles. And those, those units uh, became self-destructive. They uh, went down in a horrid situation. My father was extremely practical, didn't want to see him uh, himself get destroyed in any way, wanted to return and get out. So as soon as he saw what's going on with these goggles, he had his people take them off. And he actually got um, uh, praise from the military for the way that he dealt with all of this. But the effect was this. A gunner in a helicopter would have no problem using these goggles. And only everything is showing up as a, a sort of a faint reddish image. And it was true night vision the way we have it now. And even a greater depth because you could also flip it and get an extra layer that was sort of yellowish that would be heat signatures as well. And they don't have those combined anymore in these goggles. Anyway, the goggles that were presented to the gunners, and my father tells the story of the very first time they're out with them, and they're flying along and he's in the front of the helicopter with the pilot. And all of a sudden, in a very peaceful area, not anything going on at all, the the gunner in his uh, on the on the starboard side of his helicopter starts firing wildly at their height, not at anything on the ground, but in an area that he was shooting at and basically causing other helicopters in their little flotilla to have to react. Hmm. And he and my father goes on back to the to the gunner basically demanding what the hell dude what are you shooting at <laughs> and the and the kid is just sweating 
profusely, just, and his eyes are just dilated beyond belief. And my dad thought he was dealing with another heroin addict, but this mm -hmm. was before it had gotten really bad in, in Vietnam. And the kid was not exhibiting uh, those kind of symptoms. He was mm -hmm. reacting to what he had seen. Mm -hmm. And he's describing to my father that he was shooting at these basically flying demons mm -hmm. that were flying alongside the helicopter. And, and he knew they were coming to get him because they were gesturing at him and they could see him. And so he reacted and he started shooting his Bren gun, uh, you know, big 50 caliber slugs at these things, right? Mm. And they were flying along right next to the helicopter. So he's fly, firing out directly from the helicopter and there are other helicopters in the vicinity. So it caused all kinds of problems. And this goes on repeatedly, week after week after week, every time they try and use these, these night vision goggles, at some point they encounter monsters, true monsters. <laughs> Now, mm -hmm. officers had been told not to wear these, mm. okay? The, the pilots were told not to wear them. Mm. And, but my dad put them on to see what the hell was, was going on and to hear him describe it. Wow. It was like, like being in the worst kind of a demonic gothic hell Jeez. that you'd look out at the tops of trees and you'd see these creatures with big wings and claws and everything come flying off of the tops of the trees. But you take the goggles off and there's not even a disturbance in the yeah. in the fog above the canopy of the trees, right? They're, they're, they're perceiving into an aspect of consciousness. Correct. Another dimension. And okay. So, to back that up, my quote-unquote godfather he was my godfather by birth but he was kind of a guy who was a, a a huge influence in my life and and helped me a lot in my teenage years when i had a lot of shit going on he was a ranger in vietnam uh, a high-ranking army ranger and he also is a guy who didn't do drugs didn't drink did nothing he you know he and he he's a very merited uh, soldier at that he he received the silver star and and a whole bunch of other awards in Vietnam for his service and he uh his son used to ask him you know questions about Vietnam and stuff and he asked him one night about this infrared and he's like I'll never talk about that so our whole goal after that point was to try and get him drunk and and so one <laughs> night we got him to take a couple shots we claimed it was like a big thing and he, and so he did. And since he didn't drink much, he got a little into it and he and he started spilling the beans. And he said, yeah, he goes, our unit had had some of those. He goes, and not only did we see these things flying around, he goes, there was also things on the ground. And he goes, I can't describe them. He goes, I don't know what the hell they were. I don't know if they were here or if they were from somewhere else. He goes, but that there was shit we saw shit that we'd never seen before in our lives mm -hmm. so that's you know combined with that guy's account that's two accounts that i've heard of this stuff from you know it sounds like pretty legitimate sources that say that these infrared goggles have the ability to allow you to see other things now i want to hear your guys take on it because i'm just amazed by this stuff you know like i don't know you know what to really think about it let me see right. so you i've never heard anything like this before <laughs> not at all the whole thing going on with vegas like the vegas shooting where there was uh, there were certain phones back then and it was specifically android phones 
that would pick up infrared dots right like so like the the same kind of dot that like special forces would be using if they were using those types of of uh night vision goggles and it would be like a laser pointer but it wouldn't pick up to the naked eye it would pick up only if you were using night vision goggles and people that were filming during this vegas shooting with android phones again specifically android phones they were seeing all kinds of infrared dots going all over the place like there was like dozens or maybe even more shooters scores i don't know if there would be like you know hundreds but so many dots just going around shooting people and they'd see these on cars and they'd see these all over the place and they said some um, were coming from the helicopters above some were coming from high up some were coming from buildings some were coming from the ground that's the thing yeah. it wasn't coming from like one one fucking window in a building which you can't remove these windows in Vegas hotels in the first place. So Stephen Paddock didn't do that all by himself. That's clear. But what's interesting is just the uh, the infrared dot. And I, that that just kind of like uh, was was screaming to me in my head as you were going through this. Yeah, it, it's wild. And I had I had kind of forgotten about it until a, a friend had shared that whole video with me, and I was like, oh shit, man! I remember him telling me about this, and then I started looking into our visible spectrum. And, and I was listening to um, the wicked planet today, our good friend, Ron's show and Buckley shout out to them. Yeah. And they were talking with Kristen about the, the vision, our visible spectrum and how we can't see infrared or ultraviolet, but we can, you know, we can see the spectrum in between. And I was just like, it, it all hit. And I was like, holy shit, this is wild. And I, I keep thinking like, you know how like when you're just hanging out and you got that creepy feeling or the hair on the back of your neck stands up for no reason. Like, that's what I think that is. Like, you know how we talk about our toroidal field, right? Our aura that goes around us. That's the other thing they said they could see with this, uh, with some of the uh, stuff they talked about in the original video I played with the, I forgot what it's called, the diacinine or whatever, like they could see human auras, aura fields around people. Hmm. Animals can see them too. I think maybe humans could have seen them at, at a certain point, but uh, maybe the fluoride or maybe that we were genetically modified or something. Um, so the vast majority of us can't see it, but like dogs can sense people's aura um even anecdotally like if you'll be walking around and someone's about to pull something sketch on you uh they'll trip out towards that person in particular and maybe they're just sensing their heart rate maybe it's not their aura um but i definitely feel something with horses if you're riding a horse there's some kind of i don't know aura sensing creature thing about these things i would tend to agree with you man because I think animals are, you know, certain animals, right, are, are very good judges of character and they sense, you know, especially dogs. I mean, I've had dogs my, basically my whole life and I, I, yeah, it's it's like they have this extra sense where they can tell before they meet someone, okay, whether this person's legit or not, are they good or are they here with bad intentions? And yeah. I, I agree. And that's why I, I, I started thinking about it. I'm like, oh, fuck, man. I'm like, how many times have I been just sitting around and I get goosebumps for no reason? Is it like something crossing my spectrum that I can't see? Is it possible, you know? And, and like you were saying before about how, you know, maybe we used to be able to see it, but not anymore. 
well, what if all the frequencies that are going around on around us now have interrupted that? Well, I've, I've heard that about the Aborigine, uh, which I don't know what they're called, but these, the, the smart, um, or they're like spiritual masters in the Aboriginal community. They used to be able to do things like walk around invisible and it was like well-known everyone knew yeah like this guy could do walk around invisible and uh they had a bunch of different abilities that they openly say like they can't do it where there's power lines they can't do it close to cities and now they can't do it almost anywhere because the uh emf is just so saturated well, i want to jump in here and say this is probably i know this is we're getting into kind of the sandbox of the conspiracy world but i've been into bigfoot for a long time and people are always asking, why don't you get Bigfoot on camera? Because they leave game cams out and Bigfoot, I think, can sense the electronics and they stay away from it. Yep. And it's it's like that military cloaking device, right? Where they they almost can turn themselves invisible. Or, you know, they sense that EMF and or, or you know, the waves, and they're like, Nope, not going anywhere near that. I'm not going in that field of vision, and and it's not gonna catch me, kind of thing. I think yeah, I tend to agree with you, Rye, on that one. Let I also wanted you. to say too the blue beam thing. Just throw this out that I, I don't think this Vietnam thing. This is the first time I'm ever hearing this Vietnam thing, but I wouldn't think that would be blue beam. I would think this would be legit. You know, there's plenty of people that I know even that have caught in weird things on camera. And there's so many ghost videos out there and stuff and gin and whatnot. But when we see the video on the internet, we could say, oh yeah, well that could be manipulated. I watched uh, CGI people and stuff debate whether it's real or not. They say, oh, there's a video effect here and there. Yeah, well, I'm talking about like my friends and stuff on private videos that were never shared. And this is like way before YouTube and stuff. And I do think that you can pick up these beans that do exist in other parts of the spectrum, especially the gin. Mm. Yeah, dude, I was going to ask this, you know, with the uh, with the Bigfoot stuff, I, I always think that it's fun. And and I, I, I do like how you mentioned like the sandbox, right? Like that's introductory stuff and it's all that kind of shit. I, I do honestly think that it kind of is not appealing to outside conspiracy people, like people that are not inside like the whole world of like believing in building seven, believing in COVID, believing in all these things. When a conspiracy theorist approaches them and they believe in all of it, right? I believe in Bigfoot. I believe in aliens. I believe in, uh, you know, all the crazy shit. It, it seems like, and I, and I did hear this from Tim Dillon. This is like, he's he's so good. His early shows were so good when it came to conspiracy theory and like the, the real shit. Like there's a lot of fake shit out there, but there are some very valid stuff that, that merits questioning. Do you think like in your heart of hearts that Bigfoot's real? Do you think like all these things or, or is it something that is just intriguing to you, Ryan? I personally think Bigfoot is real, yeah. I mean, I live in the deep country, deep country. A lot of people living in the city can get the idea that, oh, there's humans everywhere and stuff. We, we basically see right, everything. Right. No way. No way. There, sure. There's so much out there in America and Canada and Australia and China. I mean, there's just so much land out there that if you were a creature, and I, I've seen some fairly convincing evidence as well, even all the way back to the um, the original one. The original famous one, I can't remember the name. Patterson Gimlin. Yeah, the Patterson. Even that's convincing to me. You see experts talking about the gate and they say, this is not a human gate. This is not a gorilla gate. This is just this is a unique gate. There's lots of audio about their language. You hear them speak. It's not even something that humans can mimic even when they try. So, 
yeah, I believe in them. And there's, there is so much space out there for them to be. And there is some even more interesting creatures. Like it's not just big fit, Bigfoot. There's, there's dog man. There's, there's skunk man. There's gnomes. Skunk ape. Gnomes. Shout out to the skunk ape, dude. Yeah. The skunk ape does not get enough the duende. play. Yeah. There's, there's tons of these creatures and they're probably all just different species of primate, just like we are. This is, they're not aliens. They're not gin. You know, it's totally, totally possible for primates to exist outside of our society. They wouldn't want to be anywhere near us. Would you, if you're a wild creature? And bones don't really keep and fossilize in the forest. This is a big part of the reason that evolution, evolution research, they don't have all these missing links. You know, atheists criticize them for not having the missing links, but these are forest creatures. You don't get good fossilization in the forest. And this is where they still live in Oregon, in Canada, in China, etc. We don't have giant bones either because of the Smithsonian, but there used to be giant bones as well. So there, there may have been Bigfoot bones, but um, I think more if Bigfoot might be something like the demons that they see in the infrared, like. Uh, but the Bigfoot are real creatures. I mean, if anything, that's that's what I believe. I believe there is physical. other things that exist on the spectrum, but Bigfoot are totally primates to me. Nothing, nothing crazy about it. So, so you believe in evolution? Because that, that's one thing that I do not believe in is is the the evolution theory. I don't believe in it either. I've uh, I made a lot of content over the years about it. I try and kind of stay away from it. Um, it's a touchy <laughs> subject. It's a touchy subject for a lot of people. They've made up a lot of BS. But no, I, I don't think you need to believe in the Darwinian evolution to think that all these things could exist right now. I mean, there, there's mul multiple different forms of primates right now. It's not a stretch at all to say that there's other large primates that are just as intelligent. All primates except for man have a reasonable level of intelligence. We are beyond that. You know, I'm not going to say that Bigfoot is smarter than us. They don't live in large uh, communities or anything. They live in small family groups, from what I can tell. And yeah, just another primate. They're very much like a, a chimpanzee troop. Huh. Yeah, yeah, it's just something I've never been sold on personally is the Bigfoot thing. Um, I haven't, Ryan, until I got into frequencies. And once I started getting into frequencies, it's a game changer. Because, right. again, our spectrum is so limited as to what we can hear and see that to think that just because we can't hear it or see it, it doesn't exist on this in this realm sure. is you know, kind of closed minded because we can't, we don't have the ability to see everything. And, and just because again, you, you don't have visual or auditory proof does not mean they don't exist. I mean, we can't, right, like but that's Ryan what, was saying that... before we catch things on camera that are not explainable. Right. That's just such a, a loose argument that, that just because we can't prove or disprove it, that means that it could be real. Right. Like, like then that 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 does open the the idea up to unlimited possibilities. And I think that that's cool. That's fun. Um, I just think that, like, if you're trying to bring because that's what always I, I've always been trying to bring new people into this whole thing, this whole conspiracy world of like, yeah, the government could have been behind 9-11 not saying they definitively are not saying that they're not i think that you have to draw some lines somewhere realistically so that you're not just like yeah it's all real right that to me it's damaging to the the introduction to other people yeah there's levels to conspiracy there's levels to all this shit right whether you're talking about conspiracy whether you're talking about baseball mma fuck whatever there's levels to all the understanding right but there's nothing less appealing to someone that's like trying to get introduced to conspiracies 
where it's like, oh yeah, you haven't heard about Bigfoot. You haven't heard about the moon landing. You haven't heard about all, you know, all this shit, right? There's some, some of this shit is fake. And I lean towards Bigfoot. I lean towards cryptids being fake. Um, but, yeah, there's these weird things out there, right? But the one some thing with Bigfoot, though, again, it's across multiple cultures. It's By different names yeah. across multiple eras. It's not so like it's, aliens where it just came up in the 40s. Yeah, and it's like has been around, right? It, well, aliens like have been flood. around too. We if you can't... look at old artwork and stuff like that, and sorry to interrupt you, Matt. I just like aliens have been around since the dawn of time too. I wish you know, someone they... would just shoot one. Like just, just shoot one. Just <laughs> right? do it. Just, just drag it out. Let's just do this. Do it with any of these things, you know. And, and that's what I'm saying. And it, it, I, I'm not trying to, you know, pick on that idea. It's just like that's one thing to me where it's like, man, we I, I don't know. I, I like when there's experts on things, when there's an expert on cryptids and they like they don't believe in the fake moon landing. They don't believe in flat earth. They don't believe in anything else other than Bigfoot. Bigfoot is their thing. I think that's that's really uh, beneficial. Like uh, Dave Weiss. I'm not a big flat earther, but it seems like that's his big thing is flat earth. He focuses on that. And that's an interesting approach is like dude i am just sold hard on this concept and that's it yeah sure 9-11 might have been done by the government and all this but i'm focused on flat well, he's all he's all in on 9-11 he was in new yeah. york i know so, i know maybe maybe not the best example but still like you know just these these people that are that are experts on that subject that they're passionate well, about every one of these subjects has like a opposing group or like a fake group in it. Like the flat earth society. I don't know which one right, it right. is, but David Weiss, he like hates them because they're all like trying to make it look bad and stuff like that. And there's definitely some Bigfoot people out there. Uh, like that I've seen on YouTube who just do just the most ridiculous stuff where you make it look cheesy and fake. So maybe there is someone who is like a legit David Weiss expert on this type of stuff. It's just never been my expertise, like the cryptid stuff. I think it's super interesting and super fun, but it's fun. Yeah. It's hard Have you guys prove. ever heard of Survivor Man? He's a Canadian Survivor yes. Man. I think so. Less Let me look. whatever. Less Survivor is Man. Yeah. Less Stroud, man. Oh, man. He's great. Yeah. Less yeah. Great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He basically gave up his career to do Bigfoot, you know? Oh, wow. He, he's yep. one of the reasons I give it some credibility because not only his time in the forest and stuff uh, convinced him, but just speaking with other people who, yeah, spend a lot of time in the deep forest. And to be fair, Ryan, I agree with you, by the way, there's not enough proof. And it is one of those things that does turn people off. And I hardly ever talk about it. It's just a fun topic to me. It's super fun, dude. Yeah. But well, I also like ask people up where I live. I, I ask people all the time. These are hunters. These are bush people, right? I live in the middle of the Canadian shield forest. It's a gigantic forest. I ask people all the time. Hey, have you ever seen Bigfoot? You know anyone who said they've seen Bigfoot up here in the forest? To be fair, I haven't seen anyone there. It's not exactly their terrain. They tend to, it seems, prefer mountainous terrain. We don't live in mountainous terrain, but yeah, I've never seen, I've never heard of anybody up in my forest who's seen one. Yeah, great. If there was kind of this... like giants, you know, that's another one that gets along there. And and you mentioned before how you know we've never found any giant bones, but again, you go back through the different. Uh, through history there's mention of it there's you know articles all, all throughout and and there are articles now some of the articles you have to understand when you go back to some of these old newspapers some of the old newspapers were like the national Enquirer back then right there were these uh, um you know i don't know what the word is but you know over the top publications that satire would, would, i guess yeah in in a sense where they would produce these almost stories so to speak where there wasn't any evidence but then you get into things where 
you know, and, and I, I had, I, I posted about this and this is why one of the hot topics I wanted to kind of touch on is, you know, there was then that whole hoax that the Supreme court got the Smithsonian to admit that they destroyed giant bones, which never happened, but you'll find articles out there that say that. But on the other hand, again, go back through the drawings in history. You're going to see giant people. There have been big bones found. Now, we're not talking 30-foot humans. We're talking 10-foot humans, stuff that's abnormal. Um, you go into different cultures. They talk about larger people. Now, is it possible that the evidence was destroyed? Of course, you know, and this is the argument that I get into when people are like, oh, well, how is it possible that there's a worldwide cover-up? Guys, we just lived through COVID. <laughs> you know, <laughs> like, motherfucker, we just lived through the biggest cover-up in history, and, and it was worldwide. Every For the most part, I would say 90% of the countries played along. So if you don't think that it's possible for multiple governments to conspire for their benefit, much like what the church has done throughout history to twist things and make sure that they keep power, you're in for a rude awakening one day because eventually the truth is going to come out in, in total when the parasites lose control. You can even see it happening now. I used to rail on um, Hamilton for being one of the guys that was a the supporter of making the Federal Reserve and stuff like that. And now if I ever talk negatively about Hamilton, people will call me racist and I'm like, he, he he was white i was like yeah. that, that play i'm like i'm like that i'm like what is going on like you guys the play is not ex exactly history like, come on the music and that's that's the problem people love to deep throat the narrative you know they yeah. just love to swallow whatever the government's pushing or whatever his story is and it's like no listen there's no matter how factual that you think it may be it's still a theory you know, like gravity, it's a fucking theory. So I hate the people that are like, what, you don't believe gravity? I said, no, but it hasn't been proven. It's a theory. It's it's not oh, fact. Yeah. So until it's fact, you can question it all you want. And when you get, we're all in like these little bubbles too. If you get out of them, you see like it, there's, like when I was in the Middle East, uh, they had conspiracy theories based on 9-11, but they didn't believe it was, uh, they had different theories. Like it was the Pope. That I watched like a zeitgeist type movie and it was like so interesting to see. And they were using different dots and connecting different dots together. I was like, oh, okay, I could kind of see that. But then I'm like, oh, the Pope ends up being <laughs> the the head of the snake in this whole conspiratorial story. <laughs> well, well, it's interesting you say that because I just did an episode on uh, this book and I mentioned it last week called The Dragon Legacy which is a very interesting book. It's, it's called The Secret History of Ancient Bloodlines. And what it talks about is how originally there were these two bloodlines, the dragon bloodline and the serpent bloodline. And they were the people who were living by natural law. They were connected with the earth and they were essentially the overlords of humanity. And, and you had, right, this period where there were Nephilim, where there were inner interbreeding between non-human and human, and, and they got wiped out a lot of them in the flood. But then there was also this group, this bloodline that was pure, and 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 they were the rulers. And and what happened was they were systematically hunted down by the church because 
the church wanted to be the ruler and all these kingdoms that we, you know, witness today, like that joke over in England, they just had with uh, Charles. They're not legitimate bloodlines. They're all illegitimate. They were bought and paid for to gain power. And, and basically it was, you know, the church who used force to take over uh, the realm at some point. And they, they maximize, they, they eliminated the original bloodlines. And in doing so, they were then able to co-opt and make you dependent on them because now they were the liaison to God. And if, if you did not agree or you sinned, you were going to hell, right? There's all these abstract ideas that they hang over your head that can't be proven one way or another. And they're going to use that against you. And, and the church is the one who, you know, manipulated, they gave out these titles of Lords and, and, and they were bought and sold. And I, I believe in that more than I would believe in these families today that are ruling have some great historical bloodline. That's pure. You look at the inbreeding of these people and it's just, it's insanity. The, these people cannot be the legitimate rulers. Do you think because that, that means they're scared of Nibiru coming back? And, and that's why they're doing all this like sped up COVID and all these other things going on. It's kind of like their last dying grasp, because I guess those would be the potentially the Nephilim coming back. Well, they're more along the lines of they want us to live in this fear-based consumerism model, right? We're debt slaves, right? And once they were able to bring in the Babylonian money magic system, then they were able to control humanity because now they had the power to affect your ability to buy and sell. And whereas in the past, there was no buying and selling. It was all trading of goods, of natural things. You know, it was done naturally. It wasn't like, you know, the rich. I mean, there were classes, obviously. There's always been class structure, I think, since the beginning of time. There's always been the haves and the have-nots. But in the sense that the church was able to co-op this and, and basically manipulate everything and using God as their backdrop as their power of control because they had the ability to be the connection. The it's idea of trading too, that that's a, that's one that always comes up and there's no perfect society, right? There's no such thing as a utopia. I mean, like utopia means like a place that doesn't exist, right? Like that's what it translates to in Greek, something along those lines, dude, you know, I got to do it. I got to quote South park here. Okay. There's yes. this hilarious thing that they do in one of these episodes when they're doing uh it's when Cartman is trying to exterminate all the hippies. Okay. Yes. The hippies keep infiltrating towns and they say, you know, you kids just don't understand, you know, if you guys could just give up money and you can get back into trading and you can live in like a communist type, they don't say communist, but if you can live in like a commune type situation and there could be someone that, you know, bakes bread and maybe that person trades their bread for someone that gives security. And he's like, you mean like a baker and a cop? 
They, one of the kids says that and he's like well yeah but you don't understand it's another level of security where there's no money involved imagine someone that's out there in that type of society that just has so much bread and they're able to make bread that they're the fucking richest person in the world because they can give bread to everyone that they want to give bread to right and like you know someone has such a great army that they're able to provide all the protection that they need to pro- that you know to where everyone is eating out of their palm Money doesn't need to be involved here. That's just what we use. This system will always be in place as long as man is corruptible. And man is corruptible because man is man, right? So it doesn't matter if there's money involved. It doesn't matter like, you know, this, uh, this, uh, you know, if if you're trading shit, there's always going to be somebody that has an upper hand in a trade. There's the idea that, you know, the best trade is, is where both parties are happy and equally satisfied, that's not really a real idea either, I don't think. It is in, in some examples. But if you're talking about this, like just continuing through a society, it'll just be, it'll get back to the point where it's like, man, I've, I've got the most shit that I can give to a society. So I want to make it so that it's more even for people. Let me try and institute some sort of money, right? Some sort of currency, something we can trade to where it's more even, right? And that's the most virtuous way that it could possibly go down. And then... It just goes right back to the system that we're at. So there's no there's no possible way that society is not corrupt. And there's not some people at the top eating more than the people at the bottom of society. Animals form fucking hierarchies. You know what yeah. I mean? They don't have well, money. Have, yeah. Have you heard have you heard the difference between chimpanzees and bonobos? No. I don't even know what a bonobo uh, is. What is so a bonobo? It's basically a chimpanzee that was isolated for so long that it was able to become its own variant basically and they have a matriarchy and they're basically like communists like if you put a chimpanzee in a cage and you give him a a pile of bananas he's gonna eat it and just look at the other chimpanzee and like throw shit at him but the uh, bonobo will break banana in half and go over to the other one and share and the only reason they exist is because chimpanzees can't swim so there's a deep river and they got stuck on the other side of this river from some certain period and that's why they're able to exist in this kind of weird like society like that but if one chimpanzee ever made it on that side it would just be completely redone because they'd have a patriarch in a week probably unless a matriarch could find them away maybe but uh it's super super interesting that's interesting because that ties in with a, a little bit of what we were talking about before with the the way the church operates right because that's a, a completely hierarchical system. And, and oh, to yeah. the point where even men are put above women, you know, women aren't allowed to even be part of the church, which is, is real interesting. Well, even even in like human, like in India, we have the caste system where they have the Brahmin class and they're allowed, like the lower classes can't eat and beat meat because it would develop your brain enough where you could know enough you, you could rebel. And they've thought they've said that even since Roman times, like the way you keep your um, populace docile is feed them grain yep. because then they'll be uh, stupid and, and like just not willing to start a rebellion against you. You so got something that, against that vegans, dude? <laughs> well, well, you look at India and they have a strict caste system, and it's like, okay, they never ever going to revolt or anything. It's like, no, we're a thousand right. lifetimes. I'm going to be this. Uh, I forget what they're called, like hobo, basically. 
it's crazy. And they're just content with it. Whereas like, if you don't believe in that, then your natural human instinct is we're chimpanzees, get our goddamn bananas. <laughs> and it makes us, it makes the society function the way it does. Um, as long as you take care of your young, I mean, chimpanzees function. So <laughs> dude, yeah, the vegan propaganda is wild to me. And it's interesting that, that like, it, it, it's such a basic idea that you need protein. And pea protein's not going to cut it. All these different proteins that like you're you're like in the modern society, you're like, oh no, we got all kinds of other nutrients, dude. You need meat. You need red meat. Red meat's actually well, healthier thing, than fucking chicken is, dude. You're missing this cholesterol. That's what they're saying. Like a lot of times with chicken, just throw away the chicken and eat the skin because cholesterol is what's needed to regenerate stuff. So like all these low fat, low cholesterol diets are causing heart attacks because. Every time you have a micro tear and you have no cholesterol in your system, your body can't repair it. So mm. that's a huge conspiracy. I was listening to a really interesting documentary about how like we've had this crazy, crazy idea of low fat, low fat, take these statins, take these statins in statins don't allow testosterone or estrogen to be formed. So they make you into a, an androgynous being. So it's, it's, it's pretty interesting. Dude, this guy knows, <laughs> this guy knows too much. <laughs> yeah, well, like, I'll yeah. just jump in and say in the health business you're you're 100 correct correct and testosterone and estrogen and progesterone which is the progestation hormone those are all derived from cholesterol this is the reason there is no such thing as a second generation vegan colony I mean if we decided to be vegan right now we're not generation one we'd have to have uh, babies and raise them vegan they would be generation one there's never been a generation number two because all the sex hormones are made from cholesterol. And yeah, if you take oh. statin drugs, it's not just your sex hormones that can't work properly. You'll get dementia pretty much guaranteed if you stay on them because Alzheimer's and MS, these are characterized by what's called demyelination. Myelin is the white matter that coats your nerves, just like the rubber around a wire coats the wire. Myelin is the coating on all of your nerves. So demyelination means the, the nerve coating is unraveling and that myelin is made of cholesterol, not 100%, but largely uh, cholesterol is also the main thing in your cell membrane that allows things to come in and out. So if you are lacking cholesterol, if you take a statin drug, your, your cells, every cell in your body starts to harden up. I mean, if cholesterol is in every cell in your body, right? Doctors think they're smarter than God, stopping your body from making cholesterol. But without that cholesterol, everything hardens up. And now you can no longer get nutrients and oxygen in. You can't get waste out properly. Again, everything starts to harden up. You'll fail at the cellular level first, then you'll fail at the organ levels, then you'll die. Wow. Dude, it's so interesting because uh, it, I think... Dude, what, what is your name, man? Conspiracist? Nico. Nico. Nico, okay. Yeah. So, <laughs> dude, what you were saying about the idea of like feeding feeding poor people grains, right? That is the the worst thing in our society right now. Like flour in in the United States, from what I understand, it's banned. the The United States flour, like the yep. version that we in have Italy. of it, it's banned in Italy. all over the world. Yeah. And not, and I don't even think it's just Italy. I think it's all over the place, dude. My dad, who used to weigh three hundred pounds, okay, this dude used to weigh three hundred pounds, has cut down to two hundred and twelve pounds just by eliminating carbs. Like that's all that he did. Now, people will tell you like, oh, you can't have sodium. You can't have, uh, you know, cholesterol and all these things. Dude, it's the carbs in combination with sodium and with carbs. I'm sorry, carbs with in combination with sodium and cholesterol and all these other things that make that shit bad for you. You cut out these nasty carbs that we have. 
like literally completely cut them out and you will just shed pounds like eggs are the perfect food sometimes people will yeah. tell you that you need to eat just the egg white right that's bullshit the, the, the yolk the yeah, yeah. dude the yolk yeah. with the white is a it's the perfect food it's the perfect food why would also, it steak? why would it be out there if it wasn't perfect you know Look like at any predator what is it fiend for is eggs eggs, eggs right dude yes Right, all, all, all vertebrates need the same nutrients so the chicken egg has everything it needs to grow a vertebrate it, it is it's the closest thing to a perfect food that we have on earth yeah and it's high cholesterol <laughs> yeah or, and that's a good thing yeah i eat six that's of them thing. every day with an avocado it's like that's Dude, all that's, fat <laughs> right that's all fat but that's the thing is if you were to have like potatoes with that like a normal oh, yeah, breakfast right? me up. i'd have to take a nap yeah what's a normal that. breakfast <laughs> what's a normal breakfast fucking potatoes eggs bacon or sausage or something like that right like, like that's the the popularized breakfast that's like the continental breakfast or bacon whatever and eggs, call it. right with toast bacon eggs and potatoes potato uh -huh. or toast yeah right so you get all that shit and do that British. Well, yeah we don't we don't talk about the <laughs> fuck them dude so they yeah that, that's the food. thing <laughs> <laughs> but those beans are carbs too, right? So you're getting these carbs and that's making the, the unhealthy cholesterol stick to your shit, your veins, your arteries, all that stuff. And that that's a that's like a, a total just disaster for your body. But if you just eat the eggs, you just eat that healthy. I mean, dude, even fucking bacon's healthier than we thought. And that's well, what's chew, interesting. Chew crackers and look at your teeth afterwards. It's completely covered with like cemented shit in every right. little crevice and chew a carrot and see the difference in what your teeth look like chew a blueberry or anything natural that's not processed it's not going to stick to your teeth it has the fiber that cleans it off for you right. it's like uh that stuff when it gets in your gut that non-fiber just pure carb shit and then you mix it with some cheese or something <laughs> you have all types of problems Dude, another thing real quick that I'll uh, I'll, I'll uh, say about South Park, okay? I I'm working on a South Park episode. It's going to be my 400th episode. I'm going to literally quote several episodes. I got audio. Did you see their 9-11 part? The 9-11 oh, one? I oh, yeah, the Harley Brothers? With the Harley Brothers? Yeah. Yes, the Harley Brothers. <laughs> Where they're talking I about, it was like, fake. Ooh, ooh, I'm coming so hard. And then they're <laughs> talking about 9-11 while they're talking about Yeah, dude, it's a great show. So I quote it every fucking episode, basically, because it just like happens to fit in. It fits in here, too. There's the, the idea of the food pyramid. Right. And there's this episode yeah, that they really, do yeah. where your dick falls off. If you eat gluten, your dick just <laughs> turns into a firecracker and shoots off your body. If you eat any gluten, if your body touches gluten, your dick flies off. Now, what they found out was that in this show in South Park, if you flip the food pyramid upside down, and the fat is at the bottom of the pyramid. You get the most fat and the least amount of grains. You get a ton of protein, a ton of fruits and vegetables, and then like minimal like other bullshit. You're good to go. So the, at the end of the episode, they're serving people steak with a brick of butter on top of their steak. And they're like, that's the healthiest thing that you can eat right there. It's well, wild. Well, the in the business, we say a stick of butter a day keeps the, keeps the doctor away. A stick of butter a day keeps the doctor away. We say that all the time. I ate about that. <laughs> it's pretty crazy. But um, yeah, it's like, uh, man, a complete opposite. It's like uh, what's below is up. Uh, what's above is below or whatever. You know As that? above, so below. Yeah. When it comes to health, it usually is the opposite. It usually is the opposite. 
Yeah, look at all the shit they push on TV. It's all that synthetic garbage. You know, you're getting all the processed foods. Rarely do you see commercials for fresh vegetables, for eggs, for healthy stuff. It's all the crap that you find in the middle aisles of the store, right? And that's why it, there's that meme out there that says 95% of your food wasn't around 100 years ago. <laughs> Wonder why, right? And then you look and you go look at a picture of a beach in the 70s and everybody's in relatively good shape. A fat person back then is relatively healthy now. Now we have these fucking morbidly obese people walking around. I mean, it's more common to see that than it is to see a healthy person in some cities. Well, oh, Matt, I'm, you know I'm in Texas. I forgot what a healthy person looks like down here. Yeah. <laughs> you in San Antonio? San Antonio, dude. San Antonio's got the fattest, the pound for pound, the fattest city. But dude, Matt, you know about like the 1800s and shit. The, the world's fattest person in the 1800s, like a sideshow freak, literally looks like your average American today. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He literally, looks like, like he looks like, like a WWE wrestler, basically. In the you know? 80s, not the 90s. The 90s, they were a little more shredded. But in the 80s, like, uh, you know, the fat guys. Yeah. And now you go into, you know, you go into Walmart and you see the people like in in the uh, uh, fuck. What's the Disney movie? Is it the, the one where they're riding around? He, they're all riding around Wally. on motorized cars. Wally, they, yeah. Oh, yeah, they Wally. Walk. Yeah. With the iPad in front of them. <laughs> yep. And that's hey, what fun. we're doing. You know, fun. because all these people are buying all this shit from the middle aisles of the store which is all the garbage that they feed you. And that's all the stuff with the bright colors and the funny. Well, when why you, do you have think a they kit... have to they have to market it and why do they have to put fancy packaging on it? It's to it's to attract your eye. It's not because it's healthy. And we're right. we allow marketing to children. We're the only country in the world. So like we have Oreo commercials. So when I would go to Europe and my like none of my friends knew what like Oreos and all this shit were. Like they were like, what the fuck? Like my parents just make us real food, They're like Oreos, peanut butter, what is this shit? And I'm like, yep. uh I was looking around there, like village grocery store, like, what the hell, man? Where's all my name brands? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but that wild, was before. <laughs> well, Guys, I don't know. Go ahead, Ryan. Well, I was going to say, I don't know if you want to jump back into the deep end. I think we left some some threads untied there. At the, you started off real heavy here with this seeing beans and stuff oh, in the yeah. infrared spectrum. And I just, I think we kind of left it a little bit prematurely. But yeah, it is, it is right. I mean, we can't, you can't patent broccoli and you can't patent a mineral or, or a vitamin or something like that. So big business doesn't have that much interest in, in that whole market. It's You can patent the... Oreo cookie that is trademarked and you can patent a drug, but you can't patent the again, a vitamin or, or broccoli or whatever, but Bill, Bill Gates is, Oh, sorry. You could go my bad. I was going to well, take us on another tangent. Yeah, I don't know. These are, these are two different things, but I just, I, I'm dying to not let this uh, original one go completely. I originally, I recently read this uh, book by Giovanni Sarucci. It was called the disciples of raw. And he basically convinced me that the people who are really running things are actually the Roman Catholics. So you guys brought up the Pope. Well, I did this recent podcast with this Freemason, which I think, you know, you guys might have seen. It seems everybody watched that or listened to that. It was a really good episode. But, you know, I kept kind of bugging him on one thing. I was like, is this just Masons? You know, because you got girls involved. You got And he kind of hinted that it's it's many, many different groups that are cooperating together on one scheme. And I, I think Giovanni Cerucci convinced me that it's actually the Roman Catholics. It's uh, the Jesuits, basically, is the word Jesuits. It's not the Jews. It's the Jesuits, right? 
think about it if, it, if it was the Jews or if it was the Masons primarily, why would there be so many clues as to that, right? Why would they be telling us so obviously, why would everything be pointed towards, you know, the Jews were in Hollywood and all this? If they really were, you know, they would cover their tracks a little bit more, I think. I also want to take this back to Tartaria and, the, you know, this gigantic popular subject that everyone's talking about with mud flood and everything. I'm really into Anatoly Fomenko and his Hidden History series. And he talks about how these Romanovs, hints there, Roman, Romanovs, <clears throat> the Romanovs basically took over the Tartarian Empire. I believe it was in a war of 1772 to 1775. Coincidentally, that's right before the 1776 American Revolution, right? So this is right before that that the Romanovs de defeated the last Russian czar or the last Tartarian czar, right? Czar basically just, just means leader. Same with Khan, basically the same thing, right? The, the Mongol equals the great, so the great empire, the great Tartarian empire. Tartar means soldier, much like Cossack, right? So the Tartar empire is a loose conglomeration of uh, soldier, you know, our war-based society even though we think about them as peaceful i don't think that was actually the case i think they were just sort of feudal lords just like any other point in history except uh <clears throat> they had their own unique architecture and whatnot but so the romanovs defeated pugachev the last czar yes. apparently in 1775 and <clears throat> so we are living in this roman empire still which i i haven't read every single one of fomenko's books but that seems to be the conclusion that he's drawing that we are still living in the Roman Empire, so I just wanted to throw that in there that if there is anybody in control, it is most probably the this Jesuit control system with, with the Pope at the head just sort of as a, not as a real source of power, but as a figure of power, just like the President of the United States or the President of, of the UK, you know, London, Washington, and, and the Vatican being the three major heads of power there, but they're all figureheads, they're not, they're not actually the... The, the real power but yeah I think this this also ties in this Mason thing because the Masons can't be the only ones running this and that Mason uh Dr. Tahuti Pata that I that I interviewed there he was pretty clear even though he's very cryptic he was pretty clear that it's not just the Masons this is a pretty major control system here and yeah I always thought it was interesting that you know it seems obvious once you just look into it like oh of course the Jews are in control Oh, of course the Masons are in control, but it wouldn't be that obvious if they really were in control. And I do think that the ones that really are in control are the less obvious ones. And that word Jesuit is not one that you can bring up easily. It is one that gets censored more so than, than Jew or Mason. I don't know if you guys have ever had anything pulled talking about Jews or Masons. I haven't, right? But you talk about Jesuits, you, you might get yourself in some trouble. The Jesuits, right? I did the a Jesuit. And that's... And I'm with you. I did an episode on the Romanovs versus Pugachev and and his rebellion, and and actually the the episode I just released last night on the uh, Scythians, who are basically Tartarians, right? This is the Scythian Empire went from Eurasia all the way across India out to and and in Japan. You'll they see used to uh, they used to smoke weed before battle. Yeah, I mean, hot box well, of ten. Yeah, it's it's crazy. Because, <laughs> but then you get into the Romanovs, and you get into people like Peter the Great, <clears throat> Catherine the Great, and all these people, and they were there just to destroy this power structure that was already in place. And again, they were sent there by the church, and that's what my my episode last night on on the dra you know the the dragon legacy was about was that 
the the whole destruction and what we're living under now is the realm of the church. They've destroyed and manipulated everything, put it into their control system, and anyone that that tries to rise up out of it is murdered. And, and, and to, it's, to it's, connect it to what we were talking about too with the uh, food system and all this stuff, I think all you guys know or should that the Rockefeller funded. Flexner report in 1910 West. is basically what created the modern medical system and the same people, the same names, this comes up with the food and drug system as well, way before the FDA and all this stuff. So these same people, you know, you see them, some of their names are Jew. I keep bringing Jew up because a lot of people think Jews around the world. It's, it can't be true. The president right now is Roman Catholic. The one before that was Roman Catholic. The one before that was Roman okay. Catholic, right? They're the half you Jews, half Roman with, Catholics. With Israel and Pfizer, the deal with they exclusively got the pfizer shot in israel and i was like oh maybe this should be maybe this is the safe shot or maybe but now <laughs> now that we're seeing that not, not it's probably not the case it's uh they're it's like they didn't get special treatment That's... they seem to be more the patsies <laughs> than anything else like okay yes. you, get, you get to be film producers but we get the to decide guy. what actually what films actually get produced they get the, the money but the church has the real money Right. Yeah, and I was gonna say one thing too. Uh, you know, I don't think Obama was uh, was Roman Catholic. He's pretty, pretty. Con I'm convinced that he was Muslim through his Kenyan <laughs> father. I mean, it's not even conspiracy. I mean, at this point, his father was a Kenyan politician. Also, he knew uh, Tom Morello's father, who was also a Kenyan politician. Like this is this is fact, right? Wait, isn't this his brother a Trump supporter or something like that? Is that a real thing? <laughs> supposedly but that's it's the so thing. funny it's like i'm like is this world like it's funnier than freaking a movie like <laughs> well, right and i gotta bring this up too because i i do agree ryan that the idea that like the roman catholics run the world that seems to be pretty solid like specifically the jesuits but you have these agents of chaos that that promote that as well so it's a little confusing Dude, it's interesting that you bring it up because I was I did this episode today talking about like 80s, 90s, uh, 2000s cartoons, right? There's this cartoon that you guys might have heard of called The Smurfs. You guys heard of The Smurfs? Oh, my God. Okay? This story is dark. Dude, there's some wild shit within The Smurfs. Do you guys know that like this, this whole thing, it's either communist or Nazi propaganda, depending on what school of thought you're in, okay? Now, Gargamel hardcore like depiction of a jew if you're if you're in the nazi camp of the whole like idea of what what the smurfs represent um gargamel's a jew he turns the smurfs to gold he's got that big nose it's like that old school like nasty he's got depiction. the black hair he wears yeah. the black robe right so check this out dude i'm gonna share my screen real quick because this is something i'll give away with the episode that i just did do you guys remember gargamel's cat's name Oh shit. Uh dude. You know yeah. that like the Smurfs is an allegory for like kids dying in the snow? It is yeah. Azriel, huh? No so, shit. Azriel is mm. the cat's name. Now, Azriel in Islam is the angel of death. Okay. Yep. Now, Israel would be also so again in the Islam world, Azriel being the angel of death is, is Israel being introduced after World War II by Roman Catholics, by the Judeo-Christian way of life, right? Now, I'm a Christian. I have no problem with, like, the idea of, like, the Judeo-Christian shit. It's just gotten a little bit weird because of the uh, Zionism and all this stuff. 
But if you're introducing a country that is just about the same name as the Islam angel of death, and you're introducing this Christian safe zone, this Jewish safe zone in the middle of the Muslim world, that's like basically bringing down the Muslim world, this little country of Israel. If you're going to get a little conspiratorial about it, right? Did they just grab that is. name? Or is like, is it in the Torah or something? Like, that's kind of crazy how... Well, Israel, I mean, it's in Islam. Uh, it wouldn't be in... Uh, it wouldn't be... What would it be in? Um, what's the... the Torah? The Quran, the Torah? Oh, no, the, the Quran. Quran. The Quran. Yeah, Torah is the Jewish one, right? So, yeah, it, yeah this is a, an actual... This yeah, is it the... says right there, right? Appearance in text, Quran. Right. So that's what I'm saying. This is uh, this Islam and Judaism... Asriel is referenced and this is uh, you know the the fun kind of conspiratorial stuff is that Gargamel the you know cartoonish depiction of a Jew in a Nazi cartoon the Smurfs is portrayed as Azrael but it's also a fucking name of a country dude like we can't act like this is not the same as Israel and that's why they didn't name Israel 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 is named that it doesn't have anything to do with Ishtar Ra and fucking Elohim, like they tell us it is, right? It has a lot to do with Azrael, the death of the Islams. Like that's, or the Muslims rather. That's what that is, dude. So yeah, I don't know if it's necessarily the Jesuits or the Jews. I think it's a combination, dude. I think it-, it They go back and forth, man. They change their names and stuff. Like they, they don't seem to care. I don't think they actually care about religion. The religion's a, constr a, const a control structure for- for us right but the most dangerous the, the most dangerous jewish people are really kazarians right george soros that's a kazarian right there i i say this every time people say like the jews are fucking bringing the world down it's the kazarians dude it's well, people that have and the right there's a choose. reason why the kazarians never had a homeland right they were always moving around they never could settle in one area because every area they settled in they got kicked out of right Similar to the Jesuits. The Jesuits yes. have been kicked out of every oh, fucking yeah, they thing got, that they've ever been involved in. They got lynched in Japan back in Our the 1700s. Right. So that's what I'm saying, dude. I didn't realize that until I started looking into this stupid cartoon conspiracy shit that Azrael <laughs> is like a fucking serious name to like it's 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 basically like the devil. It's basically like naming a country Lucifer with a Z instead of an S. You know what I mean? That's what it is for the and and not only doing that, but naming it in like the middle of the United States. It's like, let's take the United States, let's make a little area and let's call it Lucifer. Not Lucifer. It's not exactly that. Let's well, just call it Washington, DC. Yeah. Right, right, right. <laughs> but I'm just saying, like, it's it's wild that they took this this Muslim world, this Islam area of the world, and they just threw in like a demon's name in that area. And it and it and it's Israel, right? Like that's a fucked up thing, dude. Like Nothing against Jews, nothing against the people that are every day just like trying to live their lives. But there is some serious propaganda within all that shit, man. And it's it's dangerous. And and that's why the entire Middle East hates Israel and why they also hate the United States, because the United States and that Judeo-Christian shit backs Israel. It's 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 just feeding into the hatred and the polarization of of everything, man. And it, and it wouldn't have been created if it wasn't allowed by the Roman Catholic Church either. Right. And right? it took I a mean, Rothschild. It took a Rothschild, a.k.a. Hitler, to fucking make this whole thing happen. That's what I mean. Look, Israel came about after World some, War II, right? Some like people that's... suggested, like, put it in New York. Like, I think back in the day, it's like, what? That would have been how much 
chiller would that have been? Or just <laughs> immigrate and you don't need your own country, maybe. Plenty of Jews in uh, Amsterdam and, like you said, New York. I, I'm from Toronto. Plenty of Jews in Toronto. Yeah. They have their old neighborhood. You don't need your own country. Well, that's part <laughs> yeah. of the apocalyptic situation, right? Once the Jews have a, an area to be in, yeah, that brings about the apocalypse. That's well, and the, that's the that Amish. goes to the other thing is that <laughs> right. the idea of six million, right? That number six million is is. Well, that's a third rail topic. <laughs> the prophecy. Well, it's, it's, yeah. it's something you see throughout history. I've done an episode on it and it's still up on YouTube. So great it can't episode. Be that. Oh, wow. Great episode. Oh, awesome. It can't be that bad. And it's one of those where even in the early 1900s, they were talking about uh, 6 million Ukrainians. And then there was one about 6 million Russians. And it's this idea. It comes back from the Torah and that they needed 6 million people to die in order for the state to come to fruition. It's going to be 6 million trans next. Watch How that. many Russians died in World War II? Like 20 million? Something insane. Something like 25. Well, yeah. no one talks about that because it's not uh, politically useful for any reason. Yeah, yeah Holodomore was an... That's the number one genocide, isn't it? Holodomore, right? Uh, it was big. I don't know if it was number one. But Russians, was, Cambodians, and Chinese, it's all more than 6 million. And yeah, it's not its not politically useful for anybody's talking points. So they, they don't bring it up. They don't shove it down our throats. It's just a 6 million over and over and over. Well, there's literal lobbies that have the job. Like there's videos on, released of them saying, like, we need to downplay other people's tragedies because we have like this kind of patent on it almost. <laughs> Yeah, there's an excellent book called The Holocaust Lobby. Actually, I brought it right by name. It brought it to my mind when you said that. Yeah, yeah. There's, there's a whole thing protecting that uh, ideology and everything. Yeah, you're not allowed to question anything about that. Whereas we could question our, the Russian deaths and all that day and night. No well, one's going to stop us. All right. On here, YouTube, I'll, you'll I'll get a little message here, on top. Here <laughs> is, this is the six million prophecy right here uh do, 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 do finder where are you okay ah shit that's not it let's see whoa what is this it's a big via. small white girl big black dick what is this <laughs> can, you, can you see it yeah okay it just it's it, yeah it says an ancient Jewish prophecy had promised the Jews their return to the promised land after a loss oh. of six million of their people it says Jewish prophecies in the Torah require that six million Jews must vanish before the state of Israel can be formed. You shall return minus six million. That's why Tom Segev, an Isra uh, Israeli historian, declared that the sacred six million is an attempt to transform the Holocaust story into a state religion. Those six million, according to the prophecy, had disappeared in burning ovens, uh, which the judicial review, uh, a judicial version of the Holocaust now authenticates. Without the Holocaust, there would be no Jewish state. And this is where it gets interesting because you get into the Guzma, which is a, rabbi a rabbinical concept, which you we do not see that, Matt, not to interrupt you. We just see like your your uh, files. Yeah, oh, your file folders. All right. That's why I made that really crude joke. Have any of you guys seen the documentary Europa? There it is. I, okay. I've heard about it a bunch. Of, it's like yes. 12 hours. So I was 11 hours. Yeah. I'm not yeah. saying I agree with it totally, but I'll just throw that out. That, uh, yeah, they basically argued that the Holocaust never happened. And uh, even that Hitler was a good guy. I'm, like I said, I'm not saying that I completely agree with it. I, I agree more with what Ryan said earlier that 
he was more likely a Rothschild puppet, just like all the rest of them, every other basic major historical figure. You won't Ryan, hear about actual heroes. Dude, I, I, I'm i going to, I'll, uh, I'll hit up my buddy, Adam from Deborah gets red pilled. We're doing an episode on Wednesday with this guy, Corey Hughes and Matt, you're welcome on uh, dude. Nico, you're welcome too. I'm sure. Awesome. I like him. More... I've been on the, I've been on the Deborah red pill. But the thing is, this guy, Corey Hughes, he talks about how the Nazis were actually like on the right side of history, but the wrong people won that war. That's what Europe is all about. Yeah, it's very interesting. And obviously, it's so hard to say I agree with this, but the evidence is very, very damning. I think in 20 you can't burn six million people in a handful of ovens. You can't. I know. But in the, in the the idea here is in 20, 30, 40, 50 years. It's going to be the same idea as the moon landing, right? Where it's like people are sitting here saying this and it's not like, wow, you're an evil piece of shit for thinking that the moon landing was fake. You're just stupid. It's going to get to that point. And it's a very, very provocative thing. But Matt, uh, what is this stuff about here? No, this is the, yeah, this is what I was just, the Jewish prophecy, the 6 million. And it says that it comes from the guzma, which is a rabbinical concept, which is used to express the scale of a catastrophe or a shoah, i.e. the number of Jews who have suffered and or died in terms related to the tales of the written Torah. Now, the guzma relies on the Talmud Bavli um, insofar as it calculates the extent of a shoah by taking the number of Jews the Bavli uh, says came out of Egypt with Moses in the Torah, which is 600,000 then multiplies it by a number to express how serious and awful uh, a Shoah event is. And he says it's anywhere from one to 10. And he says, so thus, if you take 600,000, multiply it by 10, you get a truly biblical Shoah. He says, so in this argument, we have rabbis explaining the scale of a Shoah, which they cannot know by using the concept of a guzma to create a number which can be... uh, passed along to other rabbis around the world as a representation of the scale of it which has occurred or is occurring hence the six million claim so and then you know i have newspaper article after newspaper article that show this six million from the mid 1800s all the way up through world war ii and that doesn't even include the holodomor which was another massive you know event but it wasn't just strictly Jews, but this was a whole thing that was, you know, manipulate. It's again, it's manipulated that the 6 million number is, is just something that was thrown out there over and over again. There's, there's no proof of 6 million. Do you know how traditional brisk is performed or a circumcision is performed? The the traditional way, how they stop the bleeding. Oh, I know, but you can tell us. (laughs) The rabbi's job is to use his mouth to stop the bleeding. Yep. That's like- okay. Wait, hold on, hold on. Did you, <laughs> what, what did you call that before? I've heard that term, but I've never heard the term. Brisk. It's called a brisk. No, it's brisk. It's brisk without the k. Brisk. brisk is okay. something you grill. Like a brisk. I was gonna say, brisk, like the, uh, like I always fucking... mess that up in the bar mitzvah, bat mitzvah. Yeah, I'm like, it's oh, a brisk. Like the yeah, brisk iced tea. That's what I was thinking. I was like, holy shit. Because there's a lot of fucked up shit with like PepsiCo and stuff, right? So that's why I was wondering, like, holy shit. Brisk. I'm fully sold. That that's brisk iced tea. <laughs> well, yeah, dude, that's what I'm saying. Like, I, I you know, the, the whole thing with uh, Pepsi selling the uh, the kidney cells, 
yep. as uh, you know, flavor enhancers for their soda, right? What chemical is that? It's red something. No, it's not red. It's uh, uh, human embryonic kidney cells, HEC 138. That's it, HEC, yes. <laughs> yeah, and okay. have you guys heard of this? Yeah, no. yeah. Yeah, it's hem- human embryonic kin. It's a fucking tongue twister, especially after you had it. It's in years. so many different foods. Yeah, that's this is deep end. I like this this talk here today. I like being in the deep yeah. end here with you guys. You guys know where citric acid comes from? It's like, oh, oh it's a natural man. preservative. No, we made a synthetic uh, black mold to grow it. So not always, though. I will say, not always. You can get it from orange peels, like my company does. I'm just saying, yeah, it's oh, not really? all from mold. Oh. Yeah, you can you can <laughs> make it from mold, but yeah. So like all vitamins are not created equal. So like something like folic acid is a synthetic version where like methylated folate is something you'd get in broccoli or something natural. So I've had like, can I tell you too though? Don't, don't trust everything you see. Don't trust labels. It controls the labels. So in our company, there's a couple of our products where they made us put folic acid on the label because they took methylfolate and methylcobalamin B12. They took it, they took those methylated vitamins and they fed them the plants because they wanted to make them even more good. They wanted to make them more absorbable. They're trying to do a good thing here, trying to make better products. But then the the product of that that's fed to the plants, the FDA made us put folic acid on the label, even though it's it's not, it's still methylated. It's just stupid. Oh. I'm just saying, don't believe everything you see on labels. Labels 100% do not tell the whole story of a product. You have to trust your company and you have, you have to know more about it. The FDA have you will... heard of zeolite? This is like a conspiracy. I'm wondering if it's a conspiracy or not. I've seen all these videos of like moms on TikTok being like, my kid couldn't speak. And now he's speaking because of this zeolite powder. Uh, and when I was Googling it, they're saying that it has naturally occurring lead and like all these bad metals in it. But people are like, oh, when I'd love to clarify about- this. Yeah. I'd love to clarify this for you. Okay, so zeolite's a fake word they just made up for marketing purposes to make something sound good. Zeolite basically just means it's tiny particles, like nano or pico particles. But whenever a plant sucks up a mineral, it turns it into a zeolite. So a plant-derived mineral, even wood ashes. You take wood ashes, you burn <laughs> like you burn, you burn the carbon away from the plant, you're left with wood ashes. Put those in water. You can filter out the little excess carbon. It'll be like 3% carbon left. 97% of that's plant-derived minerals it will almost all be in the nano and pico size. That's technically zeolite. So it's just a marketing word, number one. Number two, you can't avoid aluminum, for example. I know you said lead, but people are worried about aluminum. Aluminum is one of the most abundant elements on earth. You physically can't avoid it. It's on our essential nutrient list, actually. We consider it an essential nutrient. That's not to say that it can't hurt you in in the different form or quantity. Every single element, every element on the periodic table can hurt you or kill you in the wrong form or the wrong quantity, including lead. Lead is naturally occurring. That is look at seawater. Seawater is your basis for what's natural. All the elements are in seawater, all the naturally occurring elements. I I believe there's 72 of them. And then you only have like byproducts of like uranium fission and stuff. Those are not essential. Those are not natural, but everything else is in seawater, including lead, including arsenic. Arsenic is an essential mineral too, by the way, almost nobody disagrees with that. You get uh, slip pendant and uh, uh, carpal tunnel syndrome with, without that. You'll die without arsenic. Wow. We need to put That's arsenic in animal feeds. Yeah, arsenic is an essential nutrient. We believe lead is too in its naturally occurring form and its naturally occurring quanti- quantity. And I'm going to stop going on on the, on the elements here, but it's worth throwing in a couple more fluoride, right? Everybody knows, oh, fluoride's bad. Okay, well, that's when they put the aluminum byproduct 
industrial fluoride into your drinking water. Okay, that's bad, but fluoride is a naturally occurring element. It's in seawater, it's in spring water, most spring water. It's hard to avoid it in the natural world. And we actually do believe it's essential in the formation of bones. It's involved with bringing, ele bringing other elements into bones. Nature's really smart with all these things. And especially in their natural forms, when they're in their nano pico size and they have their electrical, excuse me, their electrical charge, their ionic charge, these industrial chemicals can't be compared. So yeah, you can take a teaspoon of arsenic and it'll kill you, but you need micrograms of it every day or you will actually, you'll die. You'll get a degenerative disease without well, a trace it, amount of arsenic. It well, occurs Florida. in food, right? Like apple seeds have arsenic, I think. A cyanide is what's in it when apple seeds. Cyanide, cyanide and cherry <laughs> pits, right? Yeah. So it's dude, all about the quantity and the form, yeah. Arsenic, or I'm sorry, uh, fluoride, right? I mean, that's why they put it in toothpaste, supposedly, because it's it's good for your teeth, right? But, it's, it but they, a, that's how they get carried it, away. Man. They take it's, the science and they say, okay, fluoride's good for you. Okay, let's put industrial waste in water. You know, well, no, I, I think that it, yeah, to me... Yeah, they had to and, pay and, to and dump it before. That's well, the dude, reason... Correct me if I'm wrong real quick, because I was going to say, like, you know, the, there there's ideas that fluoride fluoride does in large quantities make you more suggestible mentally, right? Like, it makes you more, well, like, you stupid. Uh, submissive. Yeah. yeah. Docile. Right? Docile is a great word. You, you right? can't get that quantity in nature, though. You, you can't get that quantity. But you can get it in toothpaste. Can't you get it? In you toothpaste? can get it in toothpaste. Don't right. swallow your toothpaste. It says yeah. it on the. It says it on the label. And, That's a toxic uh, quantity. Right. Yeah. The whole reason I went down the rabbit hole of health is I took an acne medicine. And I can't even really mention the name because I'd probably be sued after I mentioned what it did to me. But uh, the acne medicine was so gnarly that if you were a female, you had to take birth control while you were on it because it had such a gnarly side effect. Jesus. And um, what this thing was was synthetic vitamin A. So I could have ate fucking carrots and not have had any of these issues because the synthetic vitamin A, your body can't detox it properly. So it builds up to toxic levels and causes like a huge array of issues for people. Um, known issues uh, like Crohn's and all these type of issues. Um, so they've been sued over and over and over, but it's a Ford Pinto situation. They sell the pill for $500 a pill. And kids are just like, give me a magic pill, man. Give me a magic pill. I want this acne gone. And uh, they don't want situation. to go through the hard work of getting rid of the grains, like you said earlier. Yeah, they well, did, dude, let me ask. It, they did it to me, Nico, with Enbro and, and or Orencia. Which... The old school was the steroids and the, uh, um, the, ac the antibiotics. My dad's teeth are permanently yellow from it. For acne, it's like fucking crazy. Yeah, mine was for arthritis. They they gave me what, what essentially is an abortion drug for arthritis. Oh shit! You know Ooh. you could use some CBD for that. Yeah. <laughs> hey, Definitely. Shout out, doctor. <laughs> hey, how wellness. come the doctor never recommended that? Right? He. The, I, and that's the thing right. that bothers me with these doctors. They don't come in with their lab coats like NASCAR that should have all the fucking pharmaceuticals that are sponsoring them instead, you know, and I, I even went to him and I said, I've seen a naturopath. I have no allergies to food. I said, there has to be a natural way, right? I'm like, there, there there's no way that the only response and, and the only answer to this is pharmaceuticals. And he's like, well, I haven't found any. And I was like, it's okay, because our done. medical system is, I left the medical vertically I will, integrated. 
Yeah. Like in Mexico, you can have a private doctor and you go into his little office. That's his office. It's not Pfizer or like Sharp or whatever giant medical conglomerate. So he has complete say over what he does. When you work at one of these conglomerates, there's a like checklist of procedural shit you have to do and things you're allowed to do. Yeah. Why do they go check the computer? Every time, right? It doesn't come off the top of their head. They have to go in and type it into the computer, and then it's like it'll spit back the answer to them. Let me me say something about Mexico here, guys, by the way. So, like, uh, the conspiracies, Nico, I I don't know if you know, I'm in the health business. So, I I was in Mexico one time in Tijuana, TJ, doing uh, a health talk to a, a dental clinic, right? People go to Mexico for what they call medical I'm right tourism. across the border. Okay. okay yeah. Yeah. Down so everyone Diego. goes okay. down there. Yeah. Even people yeah, yeah. with money go down there for, to get their teeth. It's just cause it's so ridiculous. Yeah. Well, so, you know, yeah, <laughs> people, people go down there to get their mercury fillings out and all this stuff. The get stuff their dog do in the USA. Done. Absolutely. Medical tourism. It's big. It's big in TJ. It's big in Cancun. So we're down there doing a seminar with this dental clinic or whatever. And I'm used to really watching what I say, really watching what I say every now and then I get a call. Cause I do this on Instagram like five times a week, every now and then I get a call that's saying, Hey, you're, you're going a little bit too close to what we can legally say here, but down in Mexico, I'm being all careful. And then the guy who brought mm-hmm. me in, he says, my friend, you're in Mexico. Speak yeah. freely. We have say, use whatever yeah. words you want. You know, even if you're wrong, it's just like people can make their own minds up or whatever. But anyways, Matt, I could tell you how to reverse yeah. arthritis. No problem. We don't have to do it here on camera. We don't have to pitch my own stuff. Mexico but, uh, is I had a arthritis, freedom, so. dude. Mexico's yeah, yeah. a beacon of freedom, man. It really is. There was a That's guy that I was talking about. You can get all sorts of treatments. Yeah. That you, you can go to the Gearson Clinic. You can yeah. treat your cancer with food, which is illegal to do. And you can even use the word treat cancer. That's not legal. That's that's something yeah. I, I'm not legally allowed to do. I'm not allowed to say treat. Even if someone asks a question, hey, Ryan, how do I treat this? I have to give you a disclaimer at that point. We are not treating anything here. We're, we're supporting and promoting the maintenance and repair of a healthy liver. We're not treating the liver. Stupid. Oh, yeah. Does cancer come from the liver? No, I was just, uh, if it was the problem in a liver, it, it, cancer can be anywhere. Right, right. I, I, Yeah, I understand. I just wonder, like, where it stems from. I know, like, the pancreas is big in it and stuff like that. I, let me ask you this, man, because, you know, you mentioned, like, vitamin A and obviously carrots and stuff like that, like, uh, like Nico was saying. What's, like, the number one thing that you can do if you want to get more vitamin A, vitamin B, vitamin C, vitamin D? all the uh, vitamin e what is what's like a natural way to get all these things ryan vitamin well, a it's, it's it's worth saying i mean the first thing that comes to mind and it's, it's worth saying because we talked about it earlier nico brought it up if you stay away from greens you brought it up actually with your dad if you stay away from greens you'll absorb more of all this stuff and if you eat real food you can get your vitamins we sell minerals primarily i do sell vitamins but it's minerals that you can't get enough of in your food, no matter what you do, no matter what diet there is. Right. Our, our modern food system, it's physically impossible for you to get enough minerals. But you zinc. can get... What yeah, are the all, big minerals, real quick? Not to interrupt you, I just want to... I, zinc, I think selenium, but I would say calcium. Calcium, calcium, calcium would be the big, huge What's one. What's the good that, calcium? There's citrate, magnesium, or do you need... Like one of them it can get complicated. Shit. It can get complicated. I don't need to. Ta- I don't need to take over this podcast. But we use tricalcium phosphate because that's basically the uh, calcium that's in bones, and it's not just that. Calcium has many cofactors. It's got magnesium, boron, strontium, which for some reason everybody's against. I guess it's because uh, they say that chemtrails are spraying strontium. Again, to what I said earlier, it's not the mineral; it's the form. We need all of the elements on the periodic table. But if they're spraying you with some form of toxic waste or whatever, or big, big particles of this stuff. Yeah, that can be a problem. Anything can be a problem in excess. 
and in nature, we're provided with the correct balance. We're provided with the correct ratios. Just for example, I'm speaking super quick here just to race through this stuff. But just for example, when we eat meat or organs, you might see meat and organs and stuff linked to cancer or linked to osteoporosis and whatnot. The reason that might be true statistically is because as a culture, we only eat the muscle, which is what we call meat. Meat is high in phosphorus, though. So when we have too much phosphorus, it makes us need more calcium. This is the reason that cow, cow pellets are, are, and other uh, feeds for animals are largely based on alfalfa because alfalfa has much more calcium than phosphorus. It's the ratio that matters. We need slightly more than two times as much calcium as phosphorus. So when we eat high phosphorus foods, colas being one of the big, big bad daddies, colas and Dr. Pepper, anything with phosphoric acid in it, corn's another one, meat, organs, all this stuff. When we eat these things, we need massively more calcium. That why the, that's why this could be linked to osteoporosis and cancer, because cancer is a disease of acidity. Calcium is the main alkalizer in nature. This is why uh, you probably don't hear anyone talking about ocean acidification anymore, because it was complete BS, because the oceans are lined with calcium. It'll make, it's, it's the buffer. It'll make sure that it never gets too acidic. So uh, just for example, that when we eat the whole, you probably hear people eating snout to tail out there in the wild or the primitive environment. When you eat a whole entire animal, you actually get the exact perfect ratio of two to one calcium to phosphorus. But yeah, we use tricalcium phosphate because that's specifically what actually the bones are made of. And we do tend to eat too much phosphorus in the society anyways. Nitrogen, phosphorus, and potassium, or NPK, is the basis of all food. That's our fertilizer, NPK. You put NPK fertilizer on everything. So no one's phosphorus deficient. If anything, we have phosphorus excess. And I'm just saying the, the balance of all these things, you know, I'm not going to name all 60 essential minerals, but this could be a very long conversation. This is my career. This is what we do with, with minerals, mm. you know. But it, it like does what, exist in nature for us in the proper balance. A chicken poops nitrogen, a pig poops phosphorus, and a, some, I think the cow poops the other one. Well, so potassium, like... the other one is potash. It's named potassium because of potash. Ash was one of the main components, both of fertilizer and of human civilization. I know I'm kind of taking over here, and I don't mean to. I really don't mean to. But no, they I, talk I about, asked the question, man. I think this is important shit. They talk about this great leap forward in human evolution. Again, I don't fully buy the theory of human evolution, but they talk about this great leap forward, and they, they attribute it to fire. They say that when human beings had fire, we were able to eat a bigger variety, and we were able to cook food. So I guess we, we could, could get the marrow. We could crack well, bones and get the marrow. Sure, sure, sure. But we could crack bones otherwise. You can eat whole bones with your teeth. Oh, yeah, you can eat raw From marrow. small birds and fish and stuff like that. Most people talk about it being attributed to the variety that we're able to eat with uh, the fire. We could cook tubers and, and, all, and all this other stuff. We say that's not true. It's because we had wood ash. It's because we had wood ash. Neanderthals buried their dead with wood ash. Oh. Right? Wood ash is plant-derived minerals. And it's highly absorbable plant-derived colloidal ionic minerals in the proper balance. You have to still live in a place where all the minerals are in the soil or you're going to be mineral deficient, just like the Amish who live off their own land in Indiana or up where I live in Northern Ontario. They still have massive problems with selenium deficiency. That's why they have high rates of cystic fibrosis and muscular dystrophy. Wow, I'm going faster for you guys. <laughs> but it's, it's, it's the wood ash that we attribute to actually to the Great Leap Forward. And that's why we have such impressive lifespans compared to every other great ape and uh, every other animal with comparable anatomy, which would be like pigs and dogs. The only other mammals that have any anywhere near a comparable impressive lifespan are whales and elephants, which have just massively different digestive systems and everything. They can ferment all this uh, grass. And, and in the case of whales, they're eating literally tons of algae, uh, not algae, uh, 
Uh, zooplankton yeah zooplankton massive massive amounts and so we can't compare to them anatomically but i'm saying anything that does compare to us anatomically comes nowhere near us in lifespan and nowhere near us in intelligence frankly so yeah we're saying it's because of wood ashes that's why we're so smart and it was used in all civilization that's why the rice that's why the uh, rice noodles in okinawa are yellow and not white because they've been adding rice straw ashes because they burn the rice straw for their cooking and heating that's why it's been yellow for generations because for the eons upon eons they've been putting the wood ashes into their garden into their food cutting salt with it etc been used on okay. cannabis farms for a long time too in california <laughs> let me do this because i know we're we're getting to towards the end here gun to head one word answers only one word answers only ryan vitamin a what do you take what do you eat to get vitamin liver a? liver organs liver and organs okay that was two answers, uh, two words, but that's okay. Carrots, you said carrots earlier. <laughs> carrots is beta carotene, which is actually a pro-vitamin. It's, it, vitamin A is the only one with a pro-vitamin where you can eat beta or alpha carotene and make the retinols out of that. Okay, so vitamin A is liver, right? B, vitamin B. There's multiple B vitamins. Six and 12. 12. <laughs> uh, B12, yeah, steaks. steaks. The sun? And oh. then what about six? Okay, for the rest of the B vitamins, I'm going to say eggs. Eggs. Okay, so we got so far eggs, liver. We got liver, eggs, and steak. Okay, C, oranges. Basically any fruit, yeah. Citrus, okay. D. Eggs, egg yolks. Or okay. liver or the sun. Your body converts. Vitamin D is a hormone. It's not actually a real vitamin. If we understood vitamins before we discovered this stuff, they wouldn't have named it that way. Your body reacts with cholesterol in their skin to make vitamin D. But yeah, you can also get a different form of it from egg yolks and from liver. Okay. And then what about E? And that's the last one that I asked. E. E is going to be a little bit harder to get. You're going to need to eat a variety of fats to make sure that you get enough. Avocados, Avocado. I would say. Uh, yeah, avocados. But avocados isn't a worldwide thing. So if you're eating fish and eggs, go just go back to fish and eggs. Eggs has everything you need, basically. You right. can't live okay. completely off of eggs. But yeah, vitamins are not the tricky thing to get in the wild. Sure. Vitamins are not the it's trickiest the minerals, thing to get. Right? It's the minerals. You can get your amino acids because... and essential fatty acids. Those are the other groups of essential nutrients. It's the minerals you're going to have trouble with because of modern farming, right? Like if you went to the rainforest and you chopped down and burned it and you grew, grew food there, it would have plenty of good minerals. But I think after two generations of farming the same land, the way we do it, there's like almost no minerals left. Every the civilization was survive. built on a floodplain. Every civilization was built on a floodplain for a reason oh, because it, it, like it flooded every year with minerals, with mud and silt. And they go and they, they rake it in, they hoe it into the ground every single year or they have terraces like up in the mountains. Most of the blue zones are mountainous people, right? The, the Georgians, the Azerbaijanis, the uh, Hunza people up in the, the Karakarum Mountains, the Lake Titicaca in South America. Most of them are mountainous people. The ones that are not live on volcanic soils like the Nicoya Peninsula in Costa Rica or they're sea people. Remember I said all the minerals are in the sea. So if you're eating from the sea, if you're taking sea moss, you can't eat enough sea moss. It doesn't work like that. Sea moss marketing is excellent, excellent. But you can't eat enough sea moss to get it. You have to take that sea moss and burn it. So you burn away the carbon so you have the concentrated plant-derived minerals. And just for eons and eons and eons, people put those plant-derived minerals in their gardens or and in their food or and in their food. Actually, it's not or and, it's both. People are smart. We've always used everything that we possibly can. If you look at any cookbook in the 1800s, especially before 1882, when the first commercial electric generating plant was turned on by Thomas Edison. I don't usually go this fast, but if you look to, at cookbooks before that time, 
you'll see culinary ash is basically part of every single culture's natural thing. They put wood ashes into almost everything. They use it as a flavoring. They use it as a condiment because it tastes good. And if you've ever tasted like turmeric or something that's grown in a, in a mineral rich soil, it tastes completely different from the stuff that we buy in America here. I think everyone here is American, right? The stuff that's on the American market hardly tastes like anything. Buy it from you know, Queensland, Australia, or, or just from your buddy's garden, it's probably going to taste much more potent. It's because when it has more minerals, when any plant has more minerals, it has, it creates more vitamins, it creates more amino acids, it creates more antioxidants, and more flavor, all that stuff is what is what gives it flavor, basically. So yeah, people use wood ashes as a flavoring. But the point with that, uh, that, that flooding thing, every civilization was built on a floodplain. So when we stopped doing that, we just completely cut off the natural way that we did things. We built nearly 1 million dams in the world meaning we dammed every important river in the world, meaning they no longer flood, number one. Number two, now we have electricity because we use most of those rivers for hydroelectricity. This was a double whammy that basically created the modern health epidemic. Uh, Matt wanted to talk about EMF before, before we got into this. We didn't really get time, but I would say this coincides with it. At the same time, this is the triple whammy, we, right? We dammed the rivers, okay? Now we no longer flood. Now we no longer get abundant minerals flooding our soils every year, number one. Number two, now we no longer use wood as our primary fuel for cooking and heating. So there's no more wood ashes left over to throw in the garden or into your food or to cut your salt with or whatever. And number three, now we have electricity. And EMF is the next big, big, big whammy on our health. And this is basically most of the reason for modern disease. Hmm. Well, well, people in ancient times, like, oh, sorry, the healing wells, I think that was probably because of minerals. Yeah, definitely. That's not even ancient. They still exist. They still do. Yeah. In Spain. Yeah. We have them, to yeah. go back to go back to that really quick what's the easiest way to get magnesium what's the easiest way to get zinc and and I, then i wanted to ask you if spirulina is uh overrated uh, you know this is like this new thing that's kind of like being like overly marketed i think is spirulina good is it good for like digestion all this other shit that like you, you hear about spirulina with but yeah if you're talking about minerals uh magnesium zinc those are very important minerals what's the easiest way to get those so let me say that i i never intend to come on anyone else's podcast purely to plug my own stuff but there's a i'm reason asking that, you man i think there's a reason we do things there's a reason we do things the way we do them so spirulina first question i like spirulina as an addition it's not enough it's not enough to lean on it's cheap i have nothing wrong with it we sell bags of it at our store i don't work there anymore but i helped my buddy open a store for a year and i still kind of consider it my store I might speak of it that way we sell bags of it for 10 bucks you know it's a good thing to add in especially if you have something serious especially if you don't eat a lot of seafood spirulina and chlorella usually we sell them together so it's not a big deal it's overrated your second you said is it overrated yeah i think it's overrated you okay. can't be getting all your, your minerals from that but secondly you know you're talking about magnesium zinc there's 60 essential minerals at least there's 60 essential minerals at least. So when you start talking about what's your best way to get selenium, what's your best way to get zinc, what's your best way to get magnesium? Well, what about manganese? What about calcium? What, uh, what about the rare earth minerals? You know, the yttrium and yttrium and the europium and the gallium. A lot of people haven't even heard of these. Well, you can't go and look for 60 different foods to get 60 different minerals. It's not practical. So when I said that you can eat basically real food in general and more or less get your vitamins and amino acids and essential fatty acids without a problem omega-3 might be a bit of a problem the way we eat but you could do it it's not a huge deal but to try and eat 60 different foods regularly to get your 60 different essential minerals it's not physically possible and 60 is only what we can really confidently say i do actually believe it's all 72 minerals on the on the periodic table naturally occurring minerals on the periodic table are essential so we use an ancient cmos deposit we actually have more than one now. We had to get more than one in the pandemic because it was hard to operate from our one 
Uh, we have a 100 cubic mile deposit of humic shale in Emory, Utah. It's on top of a mountain in Emory, Utah. So this was a sea forest at one point, basically sea moss, right? Everything you hear about sea moss is correct, except the marketing is too good and they're not explaining the numbers. What we use to make one month for 100 pounds of human flesh, a supplement, a liquid supplement for one month of human, 100 pound, 100 pound human. That takes over 70 pounds of this ancient desiccated sea moss. I think it's like 76 pounds or 78 pounds or something like that. So think about how much you buy in a bottle of sea moss, right? And what, that's why I also said you can't eat that much. How much are you going to eat? You can eat pounds of sea moss every day? Come on, right? So we have this ancient desiccated sea moss. We put it in water to the match, maximum saturation point, which is stronger than humans can even tolerate. I've tasted it out of the spout. It, it shrink wraps your lips around your face. It's so astringent. It's like the the driest white wine you've ever tasted. You can't stand it, it's too sour, too strong. So you can taste actually the potency of mineral supplements, but you can also just get their mineral, you can get their analysis and see how much parts per million is actually in the thing. So we dilute it beyond the maximum saturation point just to the point where humans can tolerate it. But the point is it takes over 70 pounds to make hundred pounds worth for a month. So you just need a massive quantity of this. The only other way that we could have done this in nature was to flood our fields with lots of mineral rich water, eat largely from the sea, like the few few blue zones who do live by the sea and do live off the sea. Volcanic soil is another example. we got to do that. But then they all those cultures also burned something. None of them did just irrigation. That's one big part of the puzzle. All of them, every civilization used wood ashes, used wood or, or rice straw or sea moss. That was the basis for their heating and cooking. And so they had pounds and pounds of wood ashes left over every day. Literally, they ate them. This is not made up. They used it in, to cut their salt. Salt was one of the most valuable things in the world, right? Be the salt of the earth. Uh, all roads lead to Rome, most likely meant salt roads. They're speaking about salt roads. <laughs> every, every major city in the entire world, ancient or modern, was built either on a salt deposit or on a salt road, period. There's no exceptions. This even happened with the American Indians. They had these big salt trading routes all around the continent. Civilization cannot exist without salt. So salt was so valuable that people cut their salt with wood ashes. And so th this is just a massive piece of the puzzle. We don't do this anymore. People ask, hey, well, could I use wood ashes? Well, sure, I guess, but hopefully you're not burning stuff just for the sake of burning it. When you're using it to run a homestead, it's going 24 seven, even in the summer, right? You're burning stuff 24 seven. And you, so you have pounds and pounds of this wood ash left over. And you, again, it goes back into the, it goes back into the soil. It goes into their garden. It goes into their compost heap, which is another thing I'm, I'm, I'm not gonna get into because I have hijacked this. But a lot of these blue zones, the compost heap is larger than the house. It's bigger than the house. You got these big piles of bone scraps and vegetable scraps and, and manure and all, all this stuff. You got these heaps and then they go and they, they bring them barrel by barrel into the, into the fields every year along with the irrigation. So these are just massive mineral sources that we can't replicate. It's not possible for us to replicate it. And that's notwithstanding the fact that most of us don't live in places that have all the minerals present. Those special blue zones happen to have all the minerals there. It's luck of the draw. And unless you live completely from the sea and et cetera, you're burning the wood, you're burning the, the sea moss and all, all that stuff. So we supplement is the bottom line. That's why I said, I don't come on here to plug our own products. Our business is doing very well without having to plug, uh, without having to interrupt other people's podcasts and plug my it's own Incredible product. information, man. That's yeah, why we is. do it this way. That's why we do it this way. Right. Don't, don't think you can't burn this stuff. Yeah. Don't think you're intruding at all. This is fascinating and very important stuff here. 
Yeah, it is. And you mentioned, Matt, you mentioned, you know, arthritis, like I'll just, I'll just wrap this up saying this is why I'm in this business. I was born with childhood arthritis. I was born with my hips dislocated, wrapped around my head. You know, I couldn't rough house with the other boys and everything. I can move my neck around just fine now, but I'm a completely different person from what I was. Because if you said, hey, Ryan, what's up? I'd have to turn my whole body to, to look at you, right? I'd turn my body too quick. Boom, I'd be in a neck brace going to school for the next two, three weeks. It was basically Celine Dion, stiff man syndrome. That's basically what I had. They, they called it childhood arthritis back then mixed with Tourette's, you know, same thing because the same minerals that you need for your skeleton are the same minerals you need for your muscles. It's the exact same minerals. So boom, it was all fixed in, in a week with the proper amount of minerals. Baby That's chicks amazing. get something called Rhineck. It's the same thing. If you give them a little uh, mix of minerals, it's called like Miracle something. It's like something you get from a farm store, but it's Miracles. It has, I think, selenium, a couple things like that. And they'll go from looking like they were deformed to fully functional in a couple of days. Whereas if you didn't give them the minerals, they would die, which is crazy. Farmers have to know this stuff or they wouldn't be profitable. Yep. They wouldn't be profitable. You couldn't. Your, your herds would die. If they listen to your doctor, if your doctor, if human doctors try to tell farmers what to do, the, the flocks would die. They tell them to avoid salt. Well, okay, your animals are going to die. Yeah. You know? Well, it's specific yeah. vet. It's like vet techs that go out there and, they, and they, they're also paid for by the same people. I have this old school vet here that will help me out whenever I have some fucked up situation that goes on with my dogs. And he hates the whole vet medicine system. Like it's a, it's a horrible system. Same it's as it is with integrated. people. Yeah, yeah, and it's it's to get I mean and dude well and right it's changed totally because I, when when we were growing up half the shit they're giving animals now didn't exist. Well mom and pop right. vets used to exist but they don't anymore and I sat next to the guy on the plane who was bragging about why they don't um he was going around the country and buying up all the mom and pops and then they also have competition from like these big old Banfields and Petco like super conglomerate um where they'll take a guy yeah, well, oh, they'll shit. take a vet who used to get paid like three hundred thousand a year to have their own practice. Um, now they're getting paid sixty thousand a year, and it's going to take them like twenty years to pay off their student loan debt. Yep. And it's like, uh, and they just don't ask any questions because they're scared to lose their job. So they just force these people, these sorry suckers, in to pay two thousand dollars for an X-ray. That's what they tried to charge me here for an X-ray at banfield which is the conglomerate i went to a mom and pop that still existed here in san diego and they charged me 40 dollars. i was like that's just insane but he was telling me how he would buy the uh, mom and pops up and buy out their name as well so instead of putting his conglomerate name on there he would buy out the name so it still says like mcstanley's veterinarian um but now the price has just gone up like crazy the vet's no longer your personal friend he's an employee it's just uh it's the same thing they did to doctors like 20 years earlier and it's just vertical integrate vertical vertical integration makes it so that doctors are no longer individual operating human beings they are cogs in a machine and they're just like a vending machine they don't have any say in what they can do to treat you they have a list of stuff and a list of prices and it's like it's crazy but it's the same shit that's poisoned the our pet industry if you look like 20 years ago pet you could get regular vet stuff done and it, you didn't have to like mortgage your house yeah well, now they give your dogs <laughs> diabetes medication and arthritis yeah. medication the same stuff that they give you yeah anti-anxiety and depression um all this shit and it's like oh well, i put my dog in the crate all day and he freaks out it's like okay well <laughs> what breed is he <laughs> yeah and why is he in a crate all day it's like man unless you have a bulldog or something that's been bred to be just 
not moving around all day. Like it's, I had bulldogs issues. too, Nico, for the last 20 <laughs> years until I got my shepherd and man, dude, it was, it was just, they're the laziest pieces of shit around. Yeah. But at the same time, they are the most unhealthy things ever. Yeah. They oh, yeah. cost me a, I could, I could have a nice house right now with the vet bills. I paid for those two bulldogs. Oh man. <laughs> I believe it. Uh, unbelievable guys. This has been awesome. And Rye, we definitely have to get you back to talk EMF. Cause I'm, I'm so interested in that. And, and what you guys, what you talked about with uh, Matt Rusky on your podcast, I think everybody needs to hear. So, uh, you know, next time you're available, I'd love to have you back on. And that's going to be number one on our priority list. Cause there's a couple things that shocked the shit out of me. Uh, that you guys talked about that are simple things in your home to even fix and check that most people aren't aware of because I know I wasn't so and I feel like I'm pretty in tune with some of this stuff you know falling around so well hey I'm in the health business man and I'll tell you almost nobody knows about this EMF thing it's a fringe concept it really is and when you guys started talking about what was it um fuck the uh not radiation poisoning but the it's basically poisoning from the emfs that we're getting and you know Havana syndrome no but for the i mean i in over the last 18 months i've lost my sense of a taste there's ringing in my ears um or specifically my right ear constantly and it's exactly what you guys were talking about and it's you know i've gone to doctors for it and they're like oh there's nothing wrong you know we don't see anything wrong you know, and it's like, no, there's something wrong. I mean, it, it, I, I'm telling you, I know my body pretty well. I'm pretty, you know, uh, cognizant of what, what's going on. And it's just, it's such a, a mind fuck that they put us through and, you know, new 5G and new this and new that. And and like you, I moved out into the mountains. I'm on a, I'm on a quartz mountain now and nice. I've noticed things slowly get better but then I look around here and I'm renting a place and I notice that they have one of those, you know, it's a electric thermostat, you know, one of those I can control from my phone and there's Bluetooth going from that to this and there's Wi-Fi in the house and all this shit. But the, the, the whole premise of this was it, this all started when I was in an apartment complex and I, I was just thinking about all the waves that must have been going through that place. And I, I wasn't smart enough to buy a reader like you were talking about in, in the place that you had and start testing the walls and go up on the roof and see what some of the readings were. So, dude, if you would do us the honor, I would love to have you back on because I think that's a very important subject that everybody needs to hear about. Yeah, of course. Were you serious next week is, is girls night? Was that real? Yeah, we well, I do it every once in a while. I did it uh, a couple months ago, and people loved it. So I, I have it's I bet, just yeah. ladies on as guests, um, and and it's one of those things that's taken off. But the week after, I'd love to have you. I think it's the fifteenth. If yeah, if perfect you're around. So uh, you're more, and like I said, you're more than welcome. Next week's just one of those. And and the other stipulation with that is that I like to have it more females than males because there's been some issues before with males taking over when there's females on. So oh, male just, toxicity. Yeah. Yeah. It's that toxic masculinity, you know, yeah. but no, uh, let's let everybody know where they can find your stuff. They'll be able to find it in the show notes too. But uh, Nico, let's start with you, man. 
what's uh the, the conspiracist uh conspiracist podcast the conspiracist i just started it back up so um i, I i'm guesting on a lot of shows and need to start my regular show back up but uh you can find me i was on anchor but now that is stitcher and that has distributed me to a bunch of different stuff i don't know exactly i know spotify is the one i'm at now um but that's where you can find me on Instagram. I don't have any Twitter or anything like that right now. I have a YouTube, but I don't post to it regularly for the Conspiracists. It's all the Conspiracists. And then, uh, yeah, that's me. Excellent, man. Well, thank you. And, and I'd love to have you back on, too. I'd love to, I'd love to talk a little more uh, on the chronic side, too. Definitely for sure. In that. But thank <laughs> you. This has been awesome. And Ryan, where can they find your stuff? This Ryan, Ryan yeah. Alexander. Sorry. Oh boy. Oh boy. Yeah, I know. I was waiting too. Who's he talking about? Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, you can find everything from me on noticebooks.org. It's spelled not us, not usbooks.org. And yeah, I mostly do this health thing. I've written books about health and some other stuff, but it, it's mostly about health. My life has been sucked into this health thing, and that's my job to communicate it, uh, translate some of this stuff into uh, plain English for people. We do lots of Instagram, Instagram. Q and A's on the stories doing about five times a week on an average week and do it until my phone dies. Basically. Yeah. It's a, it's a daily thing doing this health thing. It is very, very important. I do like conspiracies. I do put some conspiracy material out there. I'm conspiracy minded, but in reality, you know, this helps more people than anything. So that's, that's what I do. And yeah, you can find all of my accounts and my books and podcasts, all of that on notusbooks.org. And I highly recommend everyone go listen to the one with Matt Rusky last week. It, it was just phenomenal. Everyone should listen to that. That's a must listen. Mm -hmm. So, right, right. Thanks. Thanks for what you do, man. It's much appreciated. And thank you. This was a great episode, actually. Definitely. Mr. Dean, what do we got going? Dude, I was going to say this is probably one of the better ones, one of the better episodes. And oh, that's yeah. not uh, a short, uh, you know, th there's a long list of great episodes of the show. This is one of the better ones right here. We talked about cryptids. We talked about health. We talked about it, just about everything other than flat earth. Right. I mean, like that's one of you. We talked about all the good shit out there. Um, so, yeah, this was this was a fun one, man. And um, yeah, just doing the same old stuff over here at Dangerous World and um, just a, a, a great time uh, as uh, on another Monday night here. I think this is awesome. So uh, what do you got going on, Matt? Nothing, man. I want to plug your Illuminati shirt, by the way. Go to Ryan's Dangerous ah. World pod store because it is awesome. He, the, I love the shirt. Go check it on my Instagram. I was wearing it uh, yesterday, I think, or Saturday. And dude, it's probably my favorite t-shirt, man. It's such a, such a creative shirt. And so many people, I get so many questions about it. Like, where did you get it? What's it, what's it about? I don't get it. And I explain it to him, man. It's awesome. So thank Thanks, you for man. putting that out. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Paranoid American, uh, sketched out that body. Um, but I had to make a, a few dude, adjustments. There's like cockroaches yeah. in the hair. Right. Right. It's yeah, got that was my, that was fingers. my addition. Right. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, because garbage pail kid, man, how can you beat that? Well, that's the thing, you know, when AI draws these things, I mean, the thing had 47 fingers, you yeah. know what I mean? When it's hands. So I had to, I had to change the hands. I had to change the face, but yeah, dude, it's just an incredible, like the garbage pail kid stuff is so fun. I'm really excited to talk about uh, the baseball card conspiracy stuff. When we do that, not to give anything away that'll it's be coming at, up at the end of the month. Yeah. It's an undisclosed date, right? 
But dude, like that's the thing, man. We have to have fun with this stuff, dude. Like this fun stuff, that's where it's at, dude. Like obviously the health shit is is paramount. This stuff is so important, the serious stuff. But man, we have to offset it with some fun. And uh I thanks for for you know talking about that shirt because I you know I'm really happy about that shirt too. So oh it's one of my favorites, man. I love it. I love thanks. it. Definitely. Yeah, thank you, man. What are you what are you up to though? Uh, nothing. I'm going to push again, your work. I just put out a couple new shirts on mine. And again, guys, when I'm pushing shirts, I'm, I'll tell, I'll be honest with you. I make less than $2 a shirt. It's more just to have it out there. And, and it's, I think it's cool that other people want to wear it. We got a Monday night master debaters line out there now. And, uh, we didn't get into it tonight, but we got to get back into the, uh, five raccoons versus bear. What would you rather fight? <laughs> and you, you made an awesome, like old school, like WWE poster of it. So we got a bunch of different colors out there. You can go check that out at my, uh, Teespring shore, uh, Teespring store. But other than that, man, I'm, I'm all about this, this dragon legacy book right now. It is blowing my mind. And I got so many questions going to do a couple episodes on that. It's a lot of fun. And of course we got the Monday night master debaters and you can go, you can get all the video, which like for this episode, it helps when we're sharing stuff. It's on the Patreon. So you can go check out patreon.com. Great deception podcast. And other than that, guys, thank you. This has been awesome. Like where I said, this is one of the best ones we've done. So Everybody stay strong. 